G'day folks, it is the coach here and we are talking Gloomspike Gids, one of my all-time favourite armies and we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I, as you probably already know, are a lover of squeaks, a lover of grots, lover of fanatics, lover of the bad moon, but I have one of my big bosses, one of the bigger, stupider, more resilient, uh, <laughs> smelly breath uh, gentlemen here. Uh, it is Trog. I couldn't think of a better person in the mortal realm to talk to me and educate me why Trogoths are the best, although I am a lover of the Trogoth princess, a.k.a. the troll hag. Um, yep. The dank dame. Stu Stuart's coming Pardon? The dank dame. Oh, how good is she? Uh, She's amazing. I absolutely love her. She is so good. Like, all my little gits are running around, and I've got this, you know, <laughs> you know uh, saggy boo, big... Big sag. I fell in love with her. I think it was when Rob Symes was actually commentating when he worked at Games Workshop. Okay. I think it was like Heat 2 or Heat 3. That was game one. The troll hag was just like absolutely – I think she won the game for the for, for that, um, that yeah, she, she, Moon she, Clan she, player. Yeah, she, she can do that. She's, she's very good. Very good in the list when um, – yeah, we'll talk about her in a bit. But, yeah, she's very good. She is my absolute favourite. I'm so glad they brought her into to uh, Gloom Spike Kids. Yeah, but it is Trog, aka Stuart. Uh, Stu's coming straight out of WS10 uh, out of England. Uh, absolute gentleman, and I'm really excited to dig dig deep and learn more about the Trog offs in Gloom Spike Kids, mate. How are you? Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks, Coach, for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm great, mate. Yeah, you know, coping with the uh, lockdown as we are, day 55 now in the UK. So yeah, just. Uh, Missing all the games, missing the gaming, missing hanging out with my buddies, but uh, needs must and got to keep safe. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, nothing more. Uh, I've been painting up a storm and this is a good opportunity to go down to your local game shops, go down to your local FLGS, go pick up some Trogoths. If you bought a, a Forge World voucher, go spend it on a Trogoth princess oh, because yeah. um, I reckon <laughs> this discussion is going to get you going like a frog in a sock. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you, Stu or Trog. How should I how should I call you, Trog or Stu? Trog, Stu, either. I don't mind, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna rotate. Trog, <laughs> how did you how did you get into Age of Sigma? What's the what well, brought you into the Mortal Realms? Mortal Realms, really. Um, I really started with 40k back in the day. Um, playing really uh, back at uh, secondary school or high school for you guys. Um, hanging out with my mates, basically just collecting, um, using like pocket money and things like that. Went down to a games workshop, uh, just picked out things I really liked, just models I really thought cool. Um, so really 40k, um, had like some orcs, um, had some like old uh, Imperial Guard, um, like the Imperial Guard, like the, the, the lieutenant with a fat belly. I used to have him yeah. and things like that, really. So just basically playing with, with my mates. That's how I got started in the hobby um and then yeah just hanging out uh, wasn't really playing games just really just making things up as you go along a bit of painting and things like that and that was it really um moving on um i sort of as things do you sort of i left it behind a bit you know as i grew older i've you know, gone to we all, and... we all take that little sabbatical <laughs> yeah, when we yeah. find girls when we find definitely. girls that pauses yeah. some longer than others but we all do it yeah, um, yeah so definitely there's yeah. no no there's no shame in kind yeah. of the put it put it all away in a, in a, in a cupboard because it's not cool and you know in case you know invite someone around and they see things and you know so 
Yeah, Although geek, cult, geek, geek culture now is the thing, right? So, like, that's you can it. go out and that's say, it. you know, like, yeah, I paint Warhammer and, and probably Definitely. all the girls and the guys will swoon depending on what that's your it. preference is. But <laughs> back, in, back in our day, it was kind of, like, frowned upon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I say, yeah, put it all away. Met you know girls and beer and things like that, and then got into it really um, about seven years ago again. Um, I was on a holiday, a family holiday, and my brother Andrew, um, his fault. So um, he basically he's a big reader, so he's getting to reading all the Horace Heresy books. Um, from, and then uh, sort of when you're on a holiday, just nothing to do, so I sort of picked one up and started reading it. I was like, oh yeah, you know remember like you know all the uh feelings i had at the time and i like, really enjoyed it and things and thought yeah when i get back from holiday i'm gonna go and pick something up so uh got back from holiday went and picked up some imperial guards because i sort of that's what i had back in the day back to, back to your old girlfriend like yeah basically life. yeah 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 so um picked up some imperial guard and then just sort of yeah just started collecting from then and um that's all when really twitter came uh for me Twitter sort of sort of launched really. It was sort of back in the day, early days of Twitter. And I just basically went on Twitter and sort of put up a post saying, like, you know, I'm from Birmingham, England. So um thinking about getting back into 40k. And then um got in contact with um a couple of guys from uh, WS10 gaming. Um so um Pete Humpage and uh Nick Thompson. Um, so uh, Pirate Pete and uh, Slash Fiend on uh, Twitter. Basically, they sort of came on and said, look, you know, we're local to you. Do you want to pop down? So um, literally, he's run out of um, Pete's garage at the time. So um, so literally, sort of didn't know anybody, you know, never met them before. So yeah, yeah, no problem. So it's about an hour down the road from me, really, on the, on the, on the motorway. Um, just shows you how welcoming our crew is. Like yeah, the exactly, minute you yeah. piss someone, you're like, "Man, come have a game with us. Come hang out with us." Yeah. You know, you're at a, at a tournament or an event, and someone's like, "Yeah, cool, man, hang out with us. Don't don't be by yourself." That's uh, yeah, so. Exactly. Shout out to yeah, WS10 and, the, and yeah. that crew. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I say like, yeah, pop round. Didn't know him. Could have been anybody. You know, a mass murderer or something. You know, knocking on the door. No, <laughs> but yeah, pop, popped in, and then uh, yeah, just it's it launched from there. Really, so just continue. That's awesome. That's so cool. And obviously, you know, for anyone who's observant here on the video, I know we'll put it as a podcast later on, but uh, Trog does have a picture of a Trog on his jumper, which is Ooh. really awesome, which then kind of, you know, like beautiful bearded Trog. Uh, <laughs> I kind of identify with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how, what, what what drew you to Trogs? Because obviously the Gloom Spike gets for me. Yeah. Uh, I love the squigs. I was building a squigs list when Moon Clan drop, uh, Clan yeah. Grots were around before the Battle Toe um but what grew what drew you to to trolls of all all of the different armies and all the different builds in 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 gloomspike kits well well as i say when I, I was doing 40k i met obviously the guys from ws10 and then i know those players playing you know it's still the old world then so that was playing you know their armies that they had for before and i was like i'm not interested in that at all it's playing 40k and then um Really, when AOS dropped, um, Nick Thompson again um, and Gaz Parfit, again, another WS10 guy, um, they started playing with AOS. And I was like, yeah, not bothered. And then Iron Jaws dropped. And I got really, uh, then that's when my interest saw Pete with the Iron Jaws. These are and, 
I enjoy that. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Where, where, where are you going with this? Is this, is this the well? Because so, so, like, in so, the chat, in the chat, there's a lot of people excited to talk about trogs and like, yes, finally trogs. And you're dropping Imperial Guard yeah, and well, you're talking know, about yeah. Iron Jaws. <laughs> and these four people are salivating, going, "Yeah, this well, this, trogs. Gonna, when, you know, when we talk about trogs, good things come to those who wait." You see, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Iron Jaws drops, and that's when my interest in ARS peaks. But when the um, I've got connected to a couple of armies, but then when the Gloom Spike launch came, Nick Thompson is, is, is very big, well, very well known in the UK for Squigs, and he won Heat Three with Squigs. And um, yeah, he'll, you know, he'll talk to you forever in a day about that. But um, when they when they launched, obviously, then the, the the new Trogs came out and the new Sculpts came, and, and absolutely amazing Sculpts from GW. And purely for that, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of go grot heavy. I don't want to go squig. So hence why trogs, just because they just look awesome, basically. And just something new with the book. It's just like a new, you had the old river trolls and the stone trolls, but, you know, you really, in, in the old, you know, back in the day where you saw like a couple of units here and there, you, this is properly like, this is like a book, the Gloom Spike book had, well, it's only like four pages, but um, it has a, a, a sort of a leaning to Trogs. So, yeah, yeah so that's where, why we're, that's where I've sort of took over from, really. So, definitely. So, yeah, Sculpt's got cool. you, the rules got you, but more yeah. importantly, you're right. Now you can build a Trog army. You yes. know, in, in one yeah. of fantasy battles, you had, you know, Orcs and Goblins and the, the Gargan and the Trolls and some of that stuff and the Squeaks were kind of like an afterthought. They were just yeah. a part of the Orcs and Goblins. Yeah. And now under the book, uh, for the first time ever, you can have a whole army of Trolls or Trogoths yeah. or you can have a very dominant force and, you know, support it with the Spider Fang, the Moon Clan Grots, yeah. the, um, the Squeak parts of the book. So I know Stu has sent me a couple of lists that we're going to go yeah. through today as well. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the strengths and how we kind of start thinking about a, a, a Trogoth-based army. I know we've got some thoughts around, you know, do you go 100% Trogoth or do you kind of mix and sprinkle a few ideas around from the book? Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. Because I think that'll be one of the challenges, right? You know, for someone who, who may be in the more competitive sense, I know one of the challenges that we were talking a little bit about earlier was that uh, they just don't have the bodies on the table. Precisely, um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to screen your opponent if they've got like an alpha strike or a turn one charge yeah. when all you've got are these big elite bodies. Yes, precisely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's you can have the, you can have the squigs in, you can have the, the grots in. As you say, as, as a like a sort of a frontline chaff screen effectively, but just to save that that nice precious flesh, hard hitting things at the back. But yeah, trogs are the bestest. So who needs squigs and the grots? <laughs> yeah, the busters. All right. Well, well, this is this is a change my mind uh, moment where you know who knows I might get inspired to go buy more trogs. I do enjoy them, but I am more of the squigs and the yeah, kind of uh, kind of player. Before I get into the rules, and I do want to get your perce uh, perception on the rules. So you know yep. we're going to go allegiance, gloom spike, gits. What are the strengths of going pure trogs? You know, as 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 a player, and when you go onto the table, like what are those big things you're going to get out of this army? Really, strength. I think is just the, just the pure combat, pure combat. Um, you know, they're very they hit hard when they get in. Um, you know, um, the sort of you can you can sort of debuff the art, debuff the enemy. 
they're very resilient. Obviously, you've got them mm. fell waters, you know, they're minus one to hit in combat. The rock guts with their five up shrug save. Um, you've got the, the trog boss, he's you know, he's got magical resistances, especially now where you've got Seraphon, you've got you know, Teclis is going to be coming out, you've got um, you know, Zeech. With that magical, you know, this the, the popping spells here that you know, Nagash popping spells left, right, and center. We've got well, I've got magical resistance, so you know, yeah, ignore it. So, so that's that's sort of the strengths, really. I, I mean, you lose the, the weakness, really, is, is sort of mo is, is movement in, in bar. You've got you've got the uh, the um, hand of Gorg spell, but movement, they're only movement six. Um, yeah. They haven't really got any shooting apart from like you know the, the vomit, but it's only a six-inch range. They're only very yeah, very short yeah, range. You, you, yeah, don't, you don't so have something that can kind of hit 30, 30 inches no, or no, anything. No, no. You don't have those like but, those long-range threats. So you do. So you know, if you got you know a, a shooting shooting force against you, you know you're going to struggle a bit. So, but yeah, I think I think one of the other cool strengths you're going to get out of this is that they are quite large models. So if you are yes. new to Age of Sigma, uh, you know you're trying to build your confidence in painting. One, they're very mm -hmm. forgiving. Two, the models are super detailed. I I haven't tried contrast paint with them. I, I haven't seen them done with contrast paint, but I would imagine uh, you could do some really cool contrast painted armies and wet blending with, you know, mixing different contrast yeah, paints, uh, you know, between the sides. So I think uh, they're great models. They're great. They're, they're low model count, so you don't have to bring, you know, like I, I walk around with 130, 150 little goblins and to pack that in a little display case annoys the the, the crap out of me <laughs> but for you I'm taking around 20 dudes uh which is yeah. pretty incredible um they are tough they are resilient um but they are challenging because you don't have the screen so yeah yeah exactly yeah and whether you know for anyone who's listening here and we've got a great uh, bunch of supporters here people talking about them playing trogs for the first time or they've just started trogs or um you know big fans of trogs in the chat which is awesome they might be talking about you as well um being trog trog the trog um you you know take this with a grain of salt you know you may get inspired to run a full trog list or you may think about this and go right well i like the idea but i i need to get some shooting i need to get some for high movement i need to get some bodies and that's where you might go 80 percent trogs 20 percent gits or spiders or squigs or um you might do something different to kind of take the best out of this but i think Stu, you've kind of shown us the path that you can go 100% uh, trogs uh, if this is something that you're interested in. And, and we're going to show you some examples, not the only way to do it, no. but just some examples of how you can build a trog list. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Gloom Spike book is it's such a great book. The fact that I think there's a lot of things that, that complement each other. Now you've got yeah. the grots for bodies, you've got the spiders for mortal wounds and movement, you know, the trogs, you know, the, hard in combat but yeah who needs uh squigs and spiders and grots when you got drugs <laughs> all right well you're going to try to change my mind so uh what i might get you to do is i'm going to kind of bring up the rules here and i'm going to yeah. talk about some of the allegiance abilities and i'd love your perception as a trog player because yeah. the way i read this as a squig and gets player is very different to the way you yeah, would read definitely. it so yeah definitely so first things first is we've got the bad moon so um uh, if any of you, if you, so basically, what happens here? You know, it's, it's a big long line of text. So basically, there's this little bad moon token that we put on the table, and it really only comes into play from turn two. We basically roll the dice on a roll of a one. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't move. 
So in the first battle round, so in the second battle round, it means it hasn't come into play. But basically, we split the table into four quadrants, and it's going to move basically, uh, you know, in a, in a path that we choose. So we choose which corner it starts in. Um, you know, feel feel free to basically look at this. Um, but then, kind of what happens is when the bad moon starts to kind of come across the board and it moves from one side of the board, you know, to the, the complete opposite corner. Um, there's a whole bunch of abilities that come into play. So um, as it gets player, you know, you can get pluses to casting, you can get, get to re-roll ones to hit. Um, spiders do mortal wounds uh, a bit more easily. Um, squigs can run and charge. But then, you know, for yourself, you know, the, you, you're going to get some abilities. So yes. um, I, I imagine the, that there's two rules that you're going to take the, the most benefit from. Yes. One is going to be the bad moon magic where you get to add uh, one to the casting role for wizards that are affected by uh, the bad moon with the gloom spike gets keyword. Yeah. Uh, and you also subtract one from uh, from the wizards affected by the bad moon. So your opponent yeah, yeah. is going to lose uh, minus one, going to get a minus one to, to their magic casting. So again, as a, as a trog based player, um, how, do, how do you, how do you look at this particular rule or what does it mean to you? Um, basically, it's, it's similar to, to how probably you uh, look at it, really, uh, Coach. In fact, that it's sort of in my list, I do have um, a couple of fungal cave shamans, which we'll touch on a bit later on. But so, yeah, so the big one is obviously the plus one to casting um, for wizards and obviously subtracting one for enemy wizards. So, really, with trogs, there's no the only trog wizard is the troll hag or the dank dane. So, um, Really, because I, th as, as, as I was saying earlier on, I think the Gloom Spike gets endless spells and spells are some of the best in the game. Yeah. So you really want to take benefit from that. So you need to, you need, you know, try and get them spells off. Um, so the plus one to casting really, really helps. Trying to get Scuttle tied off early doors or, you know, throwing out a Geminids here and there to debuff the army. You know, and then obviously, yeah, trying to, you know, with, yeah, you've got magical resistance on your heroes, but you want to, don't really want anything coming back so the one subtracting the one from the bad moon magic that's big that's quite key so that's really the top one from for me um yeah in regards to the other other ones really um thanks the bad moon is great I, I i i you know again it's another sort of benefit where any unit underneath the moon you know as long as you roll equal to or less than the number of models in that unit you're doing d3 mortal wounds so you can pick off big sort of um big units or yeah try and do some d3 you know on a lucky roll you can do them d3 mortal wounds on support heroes and things like that so so that's all of, uh, another benefit um, so you're basically going for a unit of six models or more because yes. you can't yeah, fail yeah. that no, so exactly, it, it's yeah. not very it's not it's not like rain of stars from uh um, no, from no. stormcast where you can kind of pick out a hero it's actually the opposite you're doing d3 yeah. mortal wounds to a unit but yeah um that's been really helpful for me uh, in times especially for things that um you know i might be stuck in combat with to yeah. get me out of combat um so that's a nice little piece as well but i guess yeah. the one that you want to talk about the most um and by the way you know for me the bad moon magic as well um i noticed that especially for things like the troll hack or the trogoth princess or yes. the the, the her, her signature spell is quite hard to cast from memory it's a seven it is. Is it, yeah, um, a seven yeah so getting that plus one to cast is is really helpful and if you take something like you know you find another way to kind of get an increase to your spell cast it just makes it a bit easier and what i love as well as the combination with a troll hag is if she unbinds an endless spell 
say that not endless spell, a, a regular spell. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could do some damage as well to, to the wizard who cast it. So again, yeah. you made it a little bit harder with the minus one. And then you could do some damage to a hero. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean the, 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 that's on a four plus, though, right? That's on, on a four, four plus. Yeah. You, so on a four you, up. You yeah. Do. So, yeah. So they'll, they'll cast. So your enemy wizard casts a spell. Then the uh, the troll hag can basically try to spell the try and dispel it. If she does dispel it, I roll a roll a roll a dice on a four up. She does D three wounds back to the wizard. So it's quite good. You know, thirty inch range. You know, popping them. You know, stopping them casts, popping it back, and just yeah, dealing damage to like you know, I say support heroes or support wizards that you know five six wounds, getting D three back. Yeah, so yeah, it's really good. I've, I've actually had a few opponents who have tried not to cast a spell because they're in fear of me doing those yeah, d3 yeah. they're like oh i won't cast my spell in case <laughs> unbind it and in case you roll that four up because all it takes is two of those uh yeah. you only get one one per turn but if you yeah, do that one you know, turn, yeah. if you do that over two rounds that that could pop one of their wizards so yes, yeah. Uh, yeah but then yeah, but you've got what Sorry, Stu. Continue. No, no, sorry, sorry, mate. So, yeah, in regards to these allegiance abilities, again, the next one really is lunatic inspiration. So, with the with the uh, trogs, they're quite, they're very CP heavy in regards to uh, using CP. So, really, you want to try and get as many CPs on the table as possible. Hence, why I use two fungoid chaos shamans purely for their four up, you know, CP generation and hero phase. So. Starting with the Trog boss, obviously he gets one at the start of the hero phase. But when he's under the bad mood, he gets a, another plus one. Mm. So really you're trying to stack them CPs because you need them for, like, you know, sort of bravery or battle shock immune or using his inbuilt ability. So that's a, that's really for Trogs. So the Lunatic Inspiration is, is a big one. And that Trogos Renewal. The Trogos Renewal, um, so when you're underneath the bad mood, um, you get to well in the hero phase. You get on a four up. You get to heal D three wounds. So when you're under the bad mood, um, you can if you fail the four up cast, you can re-roll the four up. So mm. again, we're talking about again more resilience in the in the, in the list. Now, and then if you successfully cast that four up first time, you get to double the wounds. So even if you roll the four and then you roll let's say a one, you get to double it to two or you know or you know roll a two. And, so yeah, so it's, it's doubling up and really keeping your, as you say, the the trogs because they're so, because they're so sort of like a, a small arm, a smallish army compared to obviously grots and, and things like that. Um, you really want them to stay around for a long time. So trying to you know trying to get these four repeals back, just basically replenish. You don't really want to lose a, a couple of trogs because then you, you know, the bravery five at the end of the day. So you, they're going to be battle shocking off. So. They're very expensive to... battle shock. Very yeah, so, expensive. Exactly. So you're trying to get them CPs in. Well, I'm going to battle shock immune. You know, oh, on a four up, I'm going to heal. So you want to try and keep them around for as long as possible, really, to do their damage. So yeah, Trogus for Null and Lunatic Inspiration are really key to the army for, the, for that bad moon. Do you, and before I get into one of your army lists, um, do you plan around the bad moon? So do you have a strategy in place to take advantage of the bad moon? Do you find it is something that is just nice to have if it comes into play? Or how do you perceive the bad moon? Because I, uh, I'll let you share your thoughts before I yeah. share mine. Well, but it's, an interest, it's an interesting allegiance mechanic versus everyone else, which is basically a guaranteed ability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I don't really plan for it because 
the amount of times on 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 say uh, turn two, as you say, when it comes on, the amount of times a roll of six, and then and then, and then you go straight to the middle, and then uh, you know turn three, you roll another six, goes straight off the board. It's, it's it's so it's so sort of. I don't really plan. I don't really plan for it. I really the only thing I've sort of gauged with the bad moon is to try and allocate it to where I set up. Um, obviously, because you start it in the corner of the board, you want to try and we want to try and think. Well, what am I facing, and how is it going to how is it going to sort of affect something in the game? You know, sort of turn two, turn three. Yeah. So um, you sort of try and set it up. Say if I've got like a big bunch of say uh, rock guts on one side. I might think, well, I'll set it up on the opposite side. So when the bad moon does bounce across the board, it's affecting them in turn two, turn three, because not really going to get any benefit in turn two, um, for instance, when it comes on, because you're, you know, like you've gone second and you're not really getting affected. Or, and by that time, the, the moon's bounced off. So it's not really affecting that big unit. So I'll try and sort of set the bad moon off really. On the opposite side of, the, of like a big unit, or, or you know, or maybe set it up on the opposite opposition side of the table, for them bangs the bad moon, and then all of a sudden it comes to me, you know, turn three, turn four, something like that. So that's the way I sort of play it. But I don't really have any sort of set plan, really. I just as as, it, as whatever I'm facing and how I feel, really. <laughs> yeah, very very similar to myself. Um, so the bad moon for me is a nice bonus. Uh, but certainly it's hard to plan around. If you are new to Gloom Spike Gits or you're kind of thinking about a strategy, my advice to you is throw the strategy out the window. Um, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't even count the amount of times because you roll for the bad moon before you start the second battle round. It kind yeah. of, you're doing it basically around the same time endless spells kind of move around. And um, the amount of times that I've rolled the one on, on battle round two, which basically means the bad moon doesn't move. There's been like two or three games where I've rolled a one every time until round four. So, uh, so but then there's been plenty of times as well where I've jumped the bad moon in the center and I've rolled a six two or three times um, and it just kind of jumps off. Or, yeah, yeah. So like it's super hard to plan around. Um, have, have a strategy that you might want to adapt but I wouldn't rely on it. It's no, not like I'm going to do not. this, then the bad moon is going to shine here. Then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. It's not going to happen. No, uh, no. It'll, it'll might happen once at five tournaments. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I get this own experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can't, you can't, you can't think. Oh, that that bad moon. It, it might win you a game here and there, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's, you can't rely on it, as you say. You can't you just. It's 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 uh, so unpredictable, as yeah, that bad moon. It's yeah, unpredictable thing. So, I think for me, the only thing that's probably the most predictable is making sure that your general is ready to take advantage of the bad moon, so yeah. you get that extra command point. Don't put the yeah. bad moon on the other side, no. and then realize, oh wow, my general's not around. I'm losing that that um, additional command point or two. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, because kids, so... kids in general are CP hungry, regardless yeah, of what build you have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. With, with my, with my, as I say, when, when I'm sort of thinking about where the moon's coming on with that big bunch of trogs, I usually have my um, boss around them anyway. So um, yeah, when they're benefiting from the from the bad moon, for them extra four appeals or doubling heals, my boss is usually around there anyway. So he's getting that plus one CP. 
Um, and then obviously with with these new scenery rules, you know, the commanding traits, you know, try and you know try and maneuver them around so you get in the plus one CP, the commanding trait, so you get an extra plus one CP, plus your hero phase CP. So you got three P three CPs, you know, in, in a hero phase off the bat. So as you say, but yeah, they are very CP heavy, so you need to try and stack them up. The other thing that I learnt, um, and I and when I first started playing it, I realized I made a mistake. So apologies to my opponents when I very first started playing kits, but you don't double the wounds for a troll hag. No, um, no. So that was something that I thought was true, and then they had to FA they clarified yeah, it in FAQ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because there was times where I like I, I rolled 10 or, or you know 12 heal wound heals. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is the greatest thing in the world. My troll hag yeah. just went from like almost dead <laughs> to fully alive. But no, yeah, the bad moonlight doesn't double the troll hag's ability Ooh. because because <laughs> it doesn't have this specific wording or it doesn't have the specific uh rule that the troll yes. uh, that the, the regular trolls regenerate on. So just FYI, uh don't fall in the, the same mistakes I made early on. Yeah. A lot of people, as it, when that first came out, a lot of people were saying, yeah, Troll Hag benefits from this. But, yeah, they had to release an FAQ to state that she doesn't, unfortunately. So, yeah, so a lot of, I think I think a few people were doing that, doing that double heels on the Troll Hag. And, um, but, yeah, unfortunately, she doesn't benefit from that. So, yeah, to probably kind of bring this all into kind of play, I might kind of bring up some of your lists, and I'd love yeah. to get your advice or your thoughts around um, how – how you build around a trog list, like what's the ideas? And you've created, uh, you've given me three three particular yeah. lists that we'll kind of explore. And I'd love to kind of put some of the strengths and the theories into play and kind of show off how you got where you got to and what you're thinking and, you know, what your build's based around. So um, for the benefit of the people on the podcast uh, who'll listen later who might not see the visuals, uh, I'll read out the different parts, and then again, you tell me uh, why you chose it, what what it brings to the table. So, we are Allegiance Gloom Spike Gits. You're yep. coming from the, from the moral realms of Gur. Uh, we're starting off with the Dankhold Trog Boss, which is your general walking yep. around with mighty blow and yep. how glowy how's it? Glowy um, how's it? Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> what is what does this all mean? What's right. in it for me? So. For, 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 if you go pure trogs or a trog heavy list, you have to go with a Dankhold trog boss to start off with. So it has to be a general because he unlocks the he unlocks the ability for fell waters and rock guts to go as battle line. So he's always the boss basically. Two hundred and seventy points, twelve wounds. Um, with with trogs, it's very basically trogs are hitting on they're flat across the board, really hitting on threes, wounds on threes. So that's it's quite. If you're starting out with with trogs, it's quite you know you're not having to think oh what does that hit on, what's that wound on, you know a lot of things differ. But for trogs, it's purely really threes and threes. So and then obviously the rend changes. But the trog boss, I, I go from Gur purely for the artifacts on the trog hag. Yeah. So um, when we go when we're starting off with trogs, the trog boss, the command trait mighty blow. There's a lot of there's a trog WhatsApp group, and there's a lot of talk about what the best command trait to be for this is. A lot of people take Loon Skin. So Loon Skin is an ability which gives you an extra CP. So basically, what you well, it can, it counts you as under the moon all the time. So when mm. that moon bounces around and off, and off it do, you don't matter if you don't do it. Basically, you always you're always under the moon, so you're always getting that CP. So a lot of people take that, obviously, because we're CP hungry. But I take Mighty Blow. So Mighty Blow is 
you can re-roll your damage trait or damage um, on your club. So the troll, the trog boss, he's got four attacks, hitting threes, wounding threes, minus two, and it's uh, D6 damage. So he likes to fight. He likes to punch people in the face. So mm. the amount of times that I've, when I started off, and you get them, you get, say, three hits, three wounds through, and then you roll the damage, minus two, and you roll three ones. You're like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just heartbreaking. So that mighty blow allows me to re-roll the damage, and that's in, in, in games I've played, that saved me on so many things. So, you know, you can wipe out Mangler Squigs, wipe out big hit, big, you know, characters, you know, multi-wound characters. It's like, just punch them in the face, trog smash them, bash, in the face. And yeah, mighty blow. So with this list as well, so I've got the glowy house it. So the thing with the trog boss is he's got 12 wounds and he's on a four up save. Mm. But, um, he's got, unlike the rock gut trogs, the rock gut trogs have got a five up after damage save. So, but the dank hold trog boss doesn't. So the trog, so he's quite susceptible to mortal wounds or wounds going through. So the glow houses basically gives you a four up after damage save. So this good thing is quite thematic because you've rolled them four ups, but if you roll a one at any point, he eats the artifact. So um, unfortunately, when you have when you sort of having to roll these uh, saves out, yeah, you, you know you have to do say to your your, your opponent, say, look, apologies, I'm going to roll these one at a time because. If I've just throw down, say, five dice and one of them's a one, you don't know if that's the first save, yeah, fifth yeah. save. So, you know, you have to sort of say, look, you know, on a four up, yet, save, save. Oh, I've rolled a one. Right, okay, now I'm taking the damage. So so that's the glow we house it. So you want to try and keep the trog boss. He's quite, you know, quite integral. It's quite a, a benefit to to the list. You want to try and keep him around. So that's the glow we house it, really. And what's really cool about the Glowy Hauser as well is it's wounds and mortal wounds. So it's like a super empowered Ignax scale. So you're going to yeah, get the yeah. best of both worlds, but yeah. the difference is going to be you, you roll that one, you lose the artifact. So yeah, yeah. Um, you obviously want to try to avoid being hit by a lot of like damage one, you know, lots of different stabs yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, you're just kind of like baiting that person to roll a one. But having a wound, a wound or a mortal wound roll of a four plus in addition that's that's hot, as yeah, uh, as Paris Hilton would say. That's hot. <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah. As you say, you want to keep him around. He, you know, he buffs the, the army. You know, he, he gives you plus one bravery. Um, he's, he's he's inbuilt ability is um, you know you, you push you spend a CP and he anything with eighteen inch range uh, any truck within eighteen inch range reroll once to hit. So hence why you sort of want to try and keep him around. You know that eighteen inch range is, is massive. You know, you, you know, you keep them around with a big bunch of trogs, but then you can also pick out, you know, a unit of three over in the corner or something like that. So if you really want him there, you know, he's got the trog boss. He's got a crushing and grip ability. So crushing and grip ability, uh, you basically walk up one inch range, but um, roll higher than the wounds characteristics of a of a of a of a you know of a model, and you just just slay it. So. When you you know these Mortec guard running around with these Hecatos, you know buffing the army, right? Crushing grip, going to kill that Hecatos, and now you're not getting your reroll saves on your shields, or you know, so you just pick out those banner bearers. You know, I'm sure they're going to be Luminef banner bearers and buff things, and you know, just bang, crush grip, dead. 
and then also then you bashing then you also using your your four attacks to wipe out the units and things like that so and I, I imagine as well, so if you wanted to create this, you know, and I know you've kind of built this around, you know, doing a bit of damage as well, but I imagine, you know, you could change the uh, the Mighty Blow command trait to be something more like Tough as Rocks to get an extra plus yeah, two yeah. wounds. Yeah. You know, plus two wounds characteristic in addition to the four up wound and mortal wound save. Yeah. It's less of a damage dealing um, hero, but it's more about, you know, activating the the fell waters, you know, or generating additional command points to help the 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 rock guts the fell waters you know the other guys so yeah definitely um, yeah yeah i'd say 12 wounds but yeah with that with that tough of rocks you get plus two wounds so yeah he's staying around a bit hopefully staying around a bit longer so 14 wounds for a magical resistance so you know pop you know shrugging off spells that firing out from croak and things like that so it's just this is moving around but yeah just you want to keep him around so hence why that glowy house it i've stuck that on there but if in a, in a pickle, if he needs to go and do some work, that multi blow really does really does damage, and people are really shocked by it when you say they go, "Well, what's multi blow? I can reroll my damage." And when they know you're doing minus two ren d6 damage a piece on four potentially four attacks, you know, rerolling ones when you spend that CP, you know, that's that's putting out some serious serious hurt. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And again, you know, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier in the episode is that this is this is one of many ways you can build yeah, your yeah. chocolate. So, yeah. it, you know, again, you you mix and match the way you want to build uh, those out. Uh, you've got three other three other heroes. Uh, one is the Fungoid Cave Shaman walking around with the Hand of Gork. Yeah. Uh, I imagine a lot of people are very familiar with the with the Fungoid Cave Shaman. It's a wonderful ally into the Auric War Clans. Uh, it's almost like a must include for myself as a Gits player. But what does the Fungoid Cave Shaman bring to you, and why of all the spells do have you taken taken head of Gork? So Fungoid Cave Shaman for me is purely is, is first off he's it's that four up um, CP generation. As I say, CP hungry need them CP. So on a four up generates an extra CP for me. So that's really why he's in there. But another ability is he's got is is one spell. But obviously, you can eat a mushroom for the second spell, so you can do two spells a turn, a turn for once per battle. But um, he sticks around. He's got a four up uh, mortal, you know, four up after damage save again. Yeah. So you know, when people are going, I'm going to target that fungal cave shaman. Uh, the amount of times people have gone in and uh, he, st he stuck around, I'm going to boss them four up heal, four up saves, and they're like, "Hang on, he's only like five wounds." It's like, "Yeah, but." It's, it's, you know, he's a fungal cave shaman. He's, he's hard to kill. So, he's, again, it's just it's just survivability. Survivability with you want you want to sort of try and have magic around to help the the trogs and that hand of gork. Trogs are only movement six, so they're not the fastest things in the world. But despite they having massive feet, they're movement six. So um, you really want the hand of gork is is a teleport teleportation spell. So um, basically, you cast that, and it can uh, go uh, on a unit in twenty four within twenty four inch range of a unit, yeah. and it can yeah. te teleport you on, onto the board. So really, getting you know, getting things at the moving things across units or challenging objectives at the back. Um, really, just getting units to places I want them to be. So it's just it's just 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 speed and getting things around the board really. 
Yeah, it's a great spell, and yeah. uh, p- opponents freak out as well. They try to unbind it when they can. Uh, even just knowing that you have this ability, uh, they will allow you to cast your other spells just mm-hmm. to make sure that you've got an unbind to avoid yeah, Hand yeah. of Gork. And it's yeah. funny because there's been plenty of times where I just don't cast Hand of Gork, uh, <laughs> but they're just, they just they let me put out Scuttletide. They let me put out you know Itchy Nuisance. They'll let me do yeah. everything. And then, uh, you know, my last spell might be Arcane Bolt or Mystic Shield. And, like, I can see I can see the, you know, the tears rolling down their cheeks. Uh, but Hand of Gork, awesome spell. Um, I really enjoy it for moving around buff pieces as well. So I know as a yeah. Gits player, I'll pick up my Sneaky Snufflers, which um, they can sacrifice their movement to give my Grots plus one attack. So because a, set, uh, a teleport doesn't count as a move, it's a setup, um, yeah. I can kind of tap into that goodness as well. But, again... Moving yeah. those 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 um those trogs around, uh, getting them to where you need them to be, getting them in range of a you know vomit, um, getting them in the light of the bad moon. You could teleport yeah, them yeah, in the light of the bad moon. Um, a lot of cool choices there. But yeah, I mean it's, it's great because like sometimes, you know, I've had games where my opponents moved off from the back objectives, mm. so and then they've they've got all my trogs in there, but I'll just hand the gorg say the bad cap, bang, move hand hand the gorg the bad cap. And also, I've won the game because he's, he's kind of an objective for me. And people don't see it. People just think, oh, they're just, sometimes they forget and they think, all I'm going to do is teleport the big, felt, you know, the big six rock guts or the trog boss. But but teleport or the hag, but teleporting just a, just a madcap shaman and then just, just move him over there or, you know, and he's won me the game on a couple of, a couple of occasions and people are like, well, I didn't see that happening at all. Nice. I know yeah. one. I know one thing. Well, I know one little trick I love to do is I love to hand of gork another wizard. So I'll hand of gork another wizard, and then yeah, I'll yeah. use that wizard to cast like palisades or shackles, yeah, yeah. and basically just like block off my opponent uh, or deny a bit of the board. So again, like the the world is your oyster when it comes to hand of gork. <laughs> um, there's a lot of you know sneaky tricks, um, but you've also got a madcap shaman which um, uh, has itchy nuisance as the spell. Yeah. Another spell that I absolutely love. What does that bring to a troll army? So the Madcap Shaman for me, um, he's got a great inbuilt spell. So he uh, gives you minus one, uh, it's basically say uh, minus one against shooting attacks. Yeah. So as I say earlier on, really, I don't, shooting uh, armies are quite dangerous against trogs because we've really, we've really, we've got shooting, but it's only like small inch range, like six inch range or 12 inch range. So things like, you know, anything that's shooting. So, the, the, the inbuilt spell is great because I can just put something that I really want to keep around, you know, minus one to hit and shooting. But the itchy nuisance for me is, is, a, is an amazing spell. Um, it basically makes uh, a unit fight last in the hero, fight last in the combat phase. Yeah. So I can pick, pick my fights. So as you look at the sort of the list here, where I've got sort of big, big units, I've got two, six, two, what, six, um, Two units of six rockets. So basically, when I'm in there, I want to try and pick my fights where I can. So if I fire off a, a unit, it's a nuisance. I don't have to worry about my rocket unit being attacked. So I can sort of activate one unit first, and then go through the, you know, move through the procedure, and then all of a sudden, you know, my other rocket unit is still alive and not been to go bash someone on the head. You know what I mean? So. So really, that itchy nuisance is there just to sort of, again, survivability for the unit. Um, yeah, it's just basically just anything that looks dangerous, right, itchy nuisance, you're, you're fighting last yeah. in the combat phase. 
it's a, it's a really good spell. And um, again, from a Git's point of view, uh, the way I like to build out my Mad Cup Shaman is there's an artifact called the Moonface Moment, which mm-hmm. allows you to choose uh, an enemy within 12 inches and they get minus one to hit as well. So yeah, yeah. when you start thinking about, all, you know, that the trolls have a, mi- a natural minus one to hit, you know, a, uh, a, a Trogoth hag can cast a spell that's minus one to hit. Yeah. Um, again, if you've, got, if you've got regular grots with their little netters, that's minus one to hit. There's been times with my Trogoth hag that I've had a minus four to hit around her. Yeah. yeah. Um, just through, you know, and it's it like redundancy, right? Like, you know, who needs minus four? But I did it because I wanted to <laughs> Uh, but if you're trying to like debuff and try to minimize the attacks into your army, again, there's lots of cool ways you can go around this. Uh, but itchy nuisance is a great spell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I say yeah. It's, it's just yeah, throwing it out there. You know, you're like you're fighting last in the combat phase. But as you say, with the sort of debuff stacking, which will if we move on to the Trogoth Hag now. So this Trogoth Hag now, uh, the Dank Dame, as I like to call her. Yeah, she's, I love it. The, where where this where this um this mortal realm of Gur comes in is she has the Griff Feather Charm. So the Griff Feather Charm is minus one to hit in combat and minus one in shooting. So yeah. the Trogoth Hag, she's 16 wounds. She's already at minus one to hit in combat because of her stinky resilience, you know, her inbuilt fell water ability. So when you put the Griff Feather Charm on, she's minus two in combat and minus mm. one in shooting. And then you sort of then start, as you say, putting the debuffs on. So you can put like, you know, Geminids minus again, minus one to hit. You know, her inbuilt spell, um, which is um her inbuilt spell, which is the hag curse. Yes. So, um it's the you cast on a seven. So hence why, you know, you, your your moon is plus one. So, so you're trying to say so hitting on sixes. So then um a unit within twelve of the caster. Um, within the next hero phase, she's minus, they're minus one to hit and minus one to save. Yeah. So all, all of a sudden now, your the unit's minus three to hit, or with Gemini's minus four to hit. You know what I mean? So you're not. You know, she's and she's sixteen wounds, so um, she's going to be sticking around for a long time. So what I like to do with the troll hag is um, sort of you can sort of teleport her around. So she's got a copious vomit ability. Mm-hmm. So when you're teleporting around, obviously you've got to be within outside a nine-inch range, but the copious vomit ability is a 10-inch range. Yes. So when sometimes you teleport something across, you think, oh, I need to make that nine-inch charge, or I can't do anything in this shooting phase because I'm a nine, you know, nine inches away. You think, well, the hags, ten inch range. So teleport outside teleports to nine inches, and then you're still vomiting. So she, the vomit is got when she's fully when she's fully health health up. Six uh, attacks the, the copious vomit again, threes and threes, minus two, d3 damage. So, you know, you can put her against uh, you know a hero, big hero, or a big um horde unit, and then you know, throw in that copious vomit, threes and threes, minus two, d3 damage, and then charge her in. Hope you know, if you get that nine inch charge, and then you know, she'd be minus two, minus three to hit. So, she's sticking around and just tagging units, making sure. Something that you don't want, you know, don't want to challenge you, just tag them that unit, she's sticking around. So, yeah, that's what I use her for, you know. So, what's great as well, the troll hag, is if you think about the copious vomit, right? Um, it's, a, it's already ren minus two. If you tr- cast the the, the uh, curse of the hag, yeah, all of a sudden now that's essentially ren minus three. Yeah, um, one of the challenges that I always found as it gets player teleporting, uh, with the hand of Gork is that you're often teleporting something like a unit of gits 
and you know you're going for a nine inch charge you don't have a hero around because it's not like the um the soul screen bridge where you can bring a hero with it no, yeah. so it basically means you're you're going for that nine up charge if you try, you know it's real hail mary uh, charge but because the troll hag is a hero as well it means you can re-roll the charge it means that if you get into combat you can re-roll those ones to hit or re-roll those ones to vomit so yeah. all of a sudden this this 380 point hero is as a super tank because she heals she has inbuilt minus one or minus two because of the griff feather charm she vomits she attacks well in combat she has a bit of magical resilience um she can unbind spells now that she's going to be in super buff range yeah she she really is like a she she she's self-contained you know oh, yeah. she doesn't require anyone else's help and that's why i love the troll hag whether i'm a gits player or whether i'm a, a squeak player or i'm a trog player the 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 trogoth hag from forge world um although she's not and, and you might not realize it's just a part of the army if you've only got the battle tome uh is a part so your your colossal squeak your uh, your squeak gobber your uh bone grinding gargant yeah. and your trog your trogoth hag from forge world are all oh and your and your uh, your rogue idol, rogue idol well. yeah yeah they're all they're all a part of the gloom spike gets uh yeah definitely yeah, when that when that book launched, yeah, they all got they all got but you know they all got the gloom spite allegiance, uh, you know the the uh, buff name, so they all got in there. But yeah, the trog the trog hag in there really. She's there if you want to run pure pure trogs. I know I've got like obviously the fungoid and the mad cat, but she's the only wizard with that trog that uh, yeah. trog keyword. So she's in there. But yeah, three hundred eighty points. She's only like a one cast wizard, so maybe you know. Maybe that's something that could change in the future, hopefully. But um, she stick around, as I say, in that hero phase. Instead of like, she heals D six wounds a turn. Yeah. So you know, she's she's sticking around for a long time, especially when you've debuffed all that all that unit. Minus two, minus three, minus minus four. You know, you can even put more, you know, more things on there. So they say moon moon face mommy, you know, things like that. So, but yeah, so. She's she's in there. She's really really buffs and tags units and makes them stay where they want them to stay. Really, you've got two units of three Fellwater Trogoths. Yep, uh, they're coming in currently at 150 points, um, and then you've got two units of six Rock Rock Gut Trogoths. Yep. So I guess I guess the couple of things we're breaking down is um, why. Let's start with the Fellwater. Yeah. Why why two units of Fellwater in this list? So why, the are, why, are they, why are they only units of three? Um, and why not uh, another unit of rock guts, I guess, is what I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So basically, they're two, the two, the Fellwater and Rock Guts, I, I, I think they do two different things, really, for me. The Fellwaters are a very good anti horde unit, I think, <clears throat> in the fact that, yeah, they're, they're again, minus one to hit in combat. Um, they've got a, uh, so they're four wounds apiece um bravery five but um what they do is they've got a shooting attack so uh the vomit attack again six inch range um i think it's uh two, two and threes yep twos and threes uh minus two d3 damage so when you're vomiting onto horde units you know then d3 damage going through is you know getting rid of getting rid of models really for me but where it comes into its thing is is the is the melee weapon. So um, the spiked club, two inch range. So you can sort of stack them behind. You know, you, you know, if you need to stack them behind stuff things. But um, four attacks. The four attacks is the big one. So mm. again, threes and threes again. 
but this is minus one rend, but two damage apiece. So again, four attacks. When you've got three, three uh, Fellwater Trogs there, you know, four, you know, eight, 12 attacks potentially. Or 12 attacks, threes and threes, but it's getting rid of hordes. Pure and simple for me. Um, and plus the minus one to hit as well. They're, they're going to get hit back, but the uh, you know the damage coming back and minus one to hit, it does, you know, a lot of people do really struggle. To, you know, when you're moving things from threes to fours or fours to fives, you know, you can really see people really like, oh, I don't like this. So, and they I use them really as a sort as a, as my screen. Mm. So I, I I like the rock guts. So my three fell waters, um, two units of three fell waters. I use them as a little little screen. So if I do get that alpha charge, or do get alpha charged, minus one to hit. You know, moving things from four, you know, four to five, three to fours. You know, I'm I'm protecting my rock guts really. So that's why I've used them for. And the, the the unit of three really is an MSU unit. So when my big rock guts are in there, people are thinking, oh, the, you know, the rock guts are going to hit hard. The unit six, so I need to try and target them down. The sort of really they forget about the fell waters. So mm. I can move them fell waters, or if I need to like sort of hand a gork them, hand of gork them across somewhere. They're just like little objective captures for me. So the sort of a screen, and then they can then they can go up, they can go off and do like little things I want them to do. So. That's why I use them as like little go off and get an objective or stand an objective, you know, and minus one to hit. So they're staying around a little bit longer. So that's what I use them for, really. And then, you know, I know for myself, again, I keep talking, coming back to, you know, the way I look at it with gets. Um, I always I always like to have like a if you're looking for screens and maybe you want to get, a you know, a bunch of stabbers. Um, yeah. I always try to like keep the fell waters protected by unit of stabbers. So they're kind of moving up and. The, the great thing as well is that the they have a two-inch attack, right? So you can yeah. vomit over 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 your gits. You can be in combat with your gits. And, again, that minus one with the net will stack with the trolls. So all of a sudden, you know, any attacks going into a trogoth will be minus two if they're near a netter. So um, I, I like that you use the Fellwater Trolls as screens to your rock guts. But if you're looking for more of a blended, you know, gets yeah, trolls yeah. or, you know, like, again, there's so many cool synergies you can tap into. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's, uh, a, there's um, a few, there's a few guys. And I'll, I'll say that there's a, there's a trog WhatsApp group. There's a few guys in there. Um, you know, Clayton and Ad and, and, and Peter and Tim, they, they, few, few of those guys use, use stabbers and, you know, as, as, as a screens, but yeah, the two inch range, you know, just tapping over and the vomit, you know, the vomit, you can really, if you're going first, the vomit can clear screens. So you use the vomit to clear a screen in front of you, like a screen of skinks or something like that. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're charging and then you, you're swiping through with your spike club. So yeah. I'm, just I'm just thinking how amazing they would be against Mortec Guard because yeah, they're not yeah. re-rolling the hits with a shield because it's a shooting attack. You know, you're, you're bringing that Petrofix Elite, say, from a three to a, a four, a three to a, a four. five. Uh, um, yeah, five, yes, oh, yeah. Yeah minus two so all of a sudden a three or five no re-roll because they can't kind of put up their shields um you can start to kind of melt away those those um those big blocks of more tech guard definitely yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah the fell water's going in clear off a few screens because i say you don't get the re-roll with your shields on the shooting attacks so you, your truck boss comes in grips the hecatos mm. and then also now all of a sudden now you're attacking with all your melee weapons your hecatos is gone so he can't re-roll their shield saves and now you're just just swathing through 
Yeah, they can't use a relentless discipline point. That's a really exactly. cool call. That's a great call. Um, but you've also got two units of, of six rock gut drop yep. So you've talked about, you know, unit using the fell waters to potentially screen the rock guts. Why would you spend, you know, such expensive, you know, trogoths to protect these rock guts? What do those rock guts bring to the table? And again, why are you going a block of six as opposed to, you know, MSU um, yeah, yeah. You know, units of three? So my rock gut trogs, they're the, they're the punch. They are the real punch. So again, four wounds apiece. Threes and threes, minus two, uh, D3 damage. Uh, sorry, three flat three damage, sorry. So the flat three damage really, you know, when, when you got six rock guts there punching on something, just it's, it's not gonna left, not gonna be left standing once they, once they go through. Providing they hit off obviously, of course. So hmm. that's why you sort of have them as a six. So this the six really is for the rock throwing ability. So um, that they have is um, they have a ability called uh, throwing boulders. <clears throat> so yeah. it's um, it's not a shooting attack. So what you can do is you can move, run, and still th throw this boulder. And the, the throwing boulder ability is uh, you pick an enemy unit within twelve, and then um, roll a dice if the roll is equal to or less than the number of models in this unit. So it's the rocket unit. So, hence why there's six, because I'm automatically hitting. So, if I have yeah, an okay. MSU unit of three, I need to roll three or less than, than three. Yes. So, in some cases, your rock's going to miss. So, the rock when you roll, have a unit of six, your rock's always hitting, and it's doing D3 mortal wounds. So, um, so really, yeah, so it's 12-inch range, so you can pick off, again, pick off um, support characters, little heroes here and there, or throw it into a big... Um, big unit and just getting that D3 mortal wounds before you charge in and do the damage. But when you, with the, with the six, obviously with the Trog boss and his CP ability of reroll ones to hit, you sort of want him, it's, it's 18 inch range, so you don't really need him tagging around, but you really want to uh, benefit that. So obviously when you've got a big unit of six rockets, you can go and bully something. So so it's there, you really just go and really go and punch something in the face and and re-roll the ones and then yeah get them three flat flat three damage and when you when you go to your opponent right you know that's 24 wounds please and they're like what what are you on about and they're like yeah it's, it's flat three damage at minus two end so it's so yeah so they, they really are the, the punch of the of the unit but with the rockets as well they've got this they're um bravery five and they've got a five up save but they've got a five up damage after damage save got like a shrug save so you know as I say, you don't really want them moving around. It's it's hard because when they do battle shock, when you got a unit of six, they they do go. But with that with that five up shrug, again resilience again in in the army. You want them sticking around. So yeah, that's why that's why I have them in a big unit of six, really for the boulders. But um, yeah, that's why I have them there. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't know why you can run and still shoot, because um, I, I imagine if you're new, you're like, wait a second, this kind of breaks yeah. a rule. Uh, and the primary reason here is that it, it, it is an ability, yeah. uh, not a, a shooting attack. So if, when you look at the ro the rock gut uh, war scroll, uh, that throwing stone is not a part of the profile. So that basically means that you know it's not it's not a shooting attack. It's merely just an ability that happens in the shooting phase, yeah. uh, which which is then you know that that's a really good call and something that people might miss uh, if they are newer to this army. So uh, good shout there. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's how you move, movement up, run, and then yeah, throw that boulder. But, yeah, it's, just catch people out because they so they set up and they think, oh, you can't, you know, you're not going to run, you can't shoot if you run. So they set up slightly, you know, set up wrongly, and you know, yeah, all of a sudden you're throwing them boulders over and you're causing a bit of damage. Yeah, I love it. Uh, this is all wrapped up by the Trog Herd Battalion. You've also yeah. walked around with three endless spells, Scuttle Tide, the Arachnor of Cauldron, and the Geminids. Uh, I yep. love that you've got the Cauldron, because I was going to ask you about the Cauldron. But basically, if you're wondering what the Trog Herd Battalion does, it is basically going to encompass most of this army. So it's going to be one dank hole Trog Boss, three to nine dank hole Trogoths, Fellwater Trogoths, or Rock Trogoths in any combination. Uh, and you can have zero to two gargants as well. So this might be something you want to look out for when the sons of Behemat come out, because who knows what that's going to look like. Yeah. But basically what happens here is if the unmodified rune roll for the attack is made by a melee weapon, uh, is used by a model with the battalion. Uh, so basically if you roll the melee attack and it's a six, uh, you add one to the damage characteristic for that attack as well. So not, not the shooting, it's the melee. Yeah. So you roll in sixes, you're adding plus one damage uh on on a six to hit yeah yeah so the trog yeah as you, as you mentioned it's it's the six to wound is plus one damage so it's a bit of uh housekeeping because obviously you've got to think well okay what's what's hit you know what's that roll of six come from and things like that but i've i only use this a couple of times and it's purely gives you like a, a one drop if you need well a one drop if you need it if you go pure trogs obviously i've got the madcap and the fungal in this list so Looking about and, and the trog trog hag, so that's not in there as well. So it's a four drop list. This is so um, you can get the, the drops down, gives you the extra CP, gives you the extra artifacts. But for me, the 180 points is just way too much. So I mean, I had a conversation with a couple of the guys. 180 points when the Zeech book dropped gave you the change host, and obviously that was the teleportation of two units at the time. Now it's been FAQ'd, but exactly the same points. 180 points. And I was like, well, hang on, all we're getting is on a six up to wound. So you need to hit first anyway. You're doing plus one damage. So the truck herd for me is over costed. Um, and I, I, yeah, it's just basically used it a couple of times, use it at one, one day tournament just to see how it goes and just to get that extra, extra, extra artifact in really for me. One, one other call I probably will make here is uh, when we look at the battalions that are coming out in Age of Sigma, um, this is probably one of the few battalions out there that you can get your drops down to between, yeah. between one and one and three. Uh, there's not many battalions at the moment. Yes, Change Host kind of broke the rule, but on average, a lot of armies are probably deploying at minimum kind of four to five drops. Yeah. You can do a one drop in yeah. this. So yeah. um, you're kind of paying a little bit for it. But yes, you know, looking at it, 180 points is quite expensive. You know, just pound for pound on what you're getting. Yeah, um, yeah. But now, as you say, the, the one drop, the potential for one drop is, is great because the amount, a number of times you, your opponent go, your opponent gives you the first turn. So despite throwing out a couple of spells here and there, you, your first turn with your movement sticks or you maybe want to move and run that's it for your first turn, really. And then yeah. they've got the potential for the second, the, the double turn on you. So really, you want to, if you want to dictate the turns and you want to think, well, I, you know, I want to go for, I have the option of going first or second. The trog herd is, is the way to go, really. That's the only way to get it, the drops down, as you say. 
And because you're shooting a short range, um, yeah, you, know, yeah. you want to you want to be in combat. You're really looking for the double turn, and you really want to be making the most of those shooting attacks. It's not like it's not like most armies that might have like a mid to long range threat. You don't really have that outside no, of the head no. of orc that you've brought in. Um, yeah. And even then, like that's not going to kind of shake the world. Um, but you've got Scuttle Tide, one of my all time favorite endless spells. Oh, yeah. I wish I could take Scuttle Tide in Cities of Sigma. <laughs> I wish I could use it literally everywhere. Uh, if I was a KO player, I'd, I'd take it in a spell no bottle just because I could. Doesn't mean it would be good, but I love that endless <laughs> spell. Um, you've got the scut- you've got the cauldron, and you've got Geminids. So we've kind of talked about Geminids already. The minus one to hit, minus one attack. Yeah. It's yeah. just everyone knows what Geminids does now. Yeah. Um, but Scuttle Tide and the cauldron. What? Why do you bring that? Because I bring them. But why do you bring them? The Scuttle Tide is an amazing spell. As I say, it's cheap, thirty points. So, you know, sometimes you're left with, like, say, 40 points left over in the list, 30 points. Scott Tide for me is always the number one spell on my on my list. Yeah. Um, it's uh, You cast it on a seven. So, again, with the moon, um, you can get it off a six. Or if you're a web spinner shaman, you get plus one to cast because it's a spider spell. So you can get it off. But it's it's deceivably big, that, that spell. And what yeah. I use, because you can set it, when he's cast it, you can cast it anywhere on the board next to within six, within one inch of train piece. So, it, so it's board wide. So, you know, if, if I go first in the hero phase, I'm casting that spell. I'm touching the opponent's army. So, what it uses, what I use it for, is for blocking off areas. So, if they've set up like a big unit of, it's a big, you know, dangerous unit that I'm a bit scared of, in between two pieces of train. I'm setting that scuttle tide off and sticking it in between, blocking their, you know, blocking their way towards me. So it blocks them off. And also, um, it's basically you roll, um, if anyone moves or charges near it within six, um, you can roll six dice and any fives are mortal wounds. So what I've done in some areas is if I'm contesting an objective and I've got the scuttle tide up and around, I sort of cast it near that objective. So when people are coming to me, I did it. Um, I played Sheffield Slaughter in February, and I played a, a um, eel list, and we was contesting the middle objective. And uh, I got on there, put it, set the scuttle tide up, and he charged three, uh, four different units of eels in, and each one was affected by the scuttle tide because he was like, "Well, I was like, well, that's that's charged in. It's six within six inches of my scuttle tide, so six dice, fives, and mortal wounds." And each one he was just charging in. I was like, you, you do realize I'm going to affect you with this Scott Tide? And he's like, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, it's just a great blocking piece that can block off areas, block off channels, so I can sort of protect, you know, protect my units when they're moving up the board. It just protects them from being attacked. So, you know, really sort of makes things, you know, got trek, block him off. Yeah. You no, know, you know, just stick something in his way. He's got to, you know, you can sort of walk around it. And as he walks, he's getting a, a mortal wounds. Just, yeah, just a blocking piece. And worst case scenario, they're, they're, they're wasting one of their uh, their spell cast or their unbinds to get rid yeah, of it. Yeah. So, um, and then I just cast it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's really, really annoying. And people, everyone to play is like, I really hate that spell. Gloom Spike, yeah, we love it. Everyone, hate, everyone who plays against us hate it. They absolutely hate it. You just little spiders scuttling around and just chasing people around and just just doing damage, just repeated damage. 
And if you're looking for more consistency, you might swap out your um, your Madcap Shaman for the Web Spinner Shaman, yeah, which yeah. is around the same points. Uh, it does have a cool spell lore as well. And more importantly, you get plus one to cast. Um, so on, on spider-based spells. Um, then finally, you got the Arachnorok Cauldron, which I love. Um, basically, that allows you to get all of the spells from the spell law when it comes to the, the grots one, not yep. the spiders, but the grots. Yep. And I'm imagining that 99.9% of times this cauldron is being attached to the troll hag yes. because the troll hag doesn't get access to either of the spell laws, which really, and, and, and her, her war scroll spell is quite short range from memory. It's like 12 inches. So yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. I, 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 I found that, you know, I, I found I didn't get a lot of spell casting out of her in the first round or two because I just didn't have the threat range other than like an arcane bolt. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Arachna Cauldron, as you say, is with the hag. So again, the Arachna Cauldron is a casting of a, a five where it attaches to uh, the wizard. So um, with the Arachna Cauldron, really... As I, as I mentioned earlier on, the uh, Hand of Gork is quite um, integral to the, to the list because you want to get Trogs moving around and, you know, move. A, I think mobility is key. So if you, with the Fungoid, because it's only like sort of five, five wounds, I think it is, um, if you lose that Hag, uh, if you lose a Fungoid, sorry, you've, you've lost your mobility. And that's yes. sort of, it is, it is key later in the game when there's not much sit around. You, you need to go and change things. So... Having a second resource of the Hand of Gork on the Hag with 16 wounds that she can regenerate D6 a turn. You know, she's minus two, minus three, minus four to hit in combat, depending on debuffs and things. Having her giving access to Hand of Gork for you know, teleportation later in the game is key for me. So I attach it to the Hag. Now, the Cauldron, when it sets up, it does D3 mortal wounds to the nearest unit. Yeah. So... On the hag, because you cast it to her, she does D3 mortal wounds, but you've got the D6 uh, heals a turn. So she's automatically, you know, majority of the time, she's healing them D3 up anyway. Yeah. And when you're in combat with something, the cauldron can, you can basically pick a unit within one inch of the cauldron. So the cauldron's got on quite a big, it's on a spider rider base, I think it is. So you can sort of tag units in. So you can do the D3 mortal wounds onto the unit. So you're doing the, the vomit. You, well, you're doing the D3 mortal wounds from the cauldron onto the unit. You're doing the vomit onto the unit. You're doing your attacks onto the unit. So, you, again, more chipping through wounds. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Just obviously access to, you know, hand of gore, itchy nuisance. I could just pick what, you know, anything I need, I could pick. It's just a good resource for if I lose them wizards, as I say, they're only like sort of small wound wizards. If you lose them wizards, then you're really fighting a losing battle in regards to the magic and, and things that need you need for the list. So, yeah, having access for their magic from that cauldron is great. And if you were to teleport Hand of Gork, the the um, the troll hag, then you were to cast the uh, the cauldron. Uh, because the cauldron becomes a part of the base, you've potentially now extended your threat range and you've made that charge easier. Yeah, definitely. But by, by, by two, maybe three inches, yeah. probably yeah. like two inches if we look at it. So all of a sudden yeah. you go from a nine inch, 75% chance of failing into six, which is about 40, 45% chance of failing. So yeah, yeah. you've just significantly increased your chances of, of charging. So um, yeah. 
<laughs> some food for thought. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Some 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 sneaky stuff there. Um, <laughs> then obviously add cogs, and all of a sudden you've got yeah, your, yeah. you got your troll hag in combat immediately. Yeah. Um, any other final comments on this particular list before we kind of go into your other two? Not really. And, 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 and the range is probably, you know, the troll range is not that big. So no. there'll be some commonality in the other two, but just the mechanically how they work. Yeah. Uh, and I've got, and I know I do want to call out one person in the chat who's uh, throwing some shade saying that uh, trolls trolls aren't as good as basically more, more uh, the more tribes. It's like they don't do it as, as well. Uh, I say rubbish. I say tro <laughs> tr trolls are the bestest. Uh, Trogs are the bestest. Trogs are the bestest, uh, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, you know, like you know, in all fairness, you know, they do they do just some cool stuff. And again, pick your poison. Uh, I love this because you can merge it with the best of the entire book, which is your squeak, just your your spiders, your trolls, your gargants, um, your grots. You know, this this book you can keep playing for for a couple of years, and you can always yeah, kind of evolve with a meta. That's something that I love about the kids book and something that i've enjoyed for cities of sigmar as well i can just be in this book for such a long time yes yeah, so the gloom spot is, is great it's, everything i think everything everything sort of caters for anything else as i say with with your grots and your squigs and your, your trogs you know anything that comes along in the meta i think there's going to be an answer for so in, in this book and you know so it's going to be around for a long time i think it drops off a bit in the uk seed don't really see many it was really really popular now because obviously things coming out, it has dropped off. But yeah, I think it's I think it's, it could make a resurgence for anything that comes out. I think it's going to be there. So. And in fairness as well, you know, General's Handbook is coming. Who knows when? You know, potentially the next month or the month after, right? So yeah. who knows? These points may change. You know, your battalion might get cheaper. You might find some new allegiance rules. We don't know how the the new Suns Gargans are going to come into play, and that might give us a natural boost as well. Yeah. Um, hell, you know, Games Workshop said that you can bring one of the new big gargants in any army so again what does that mean who knows it just changes the dynamics the next list you've got here is you've titled a magic trog yep. um so there is a little bit difference here a little bit of commonality uh and it seems like the at the top which is our hero choices is where we get the big changes so we've got the dank hold trog boss still is the general it has the command trait still of mighty blow um any yep. any comp any kind of I, I noticed that we don't have the artifact on the on the trog boss here. Yeah, so the really the, the artifact for me has got to go on that trog hag. So the trog hag is really, I mean, the trog boss is yeah, he's there, he's there for survivability, for survivability. But I really rate the griff feather charm and the trog hag, and yeah. that's where the, the the artifact always goes for me. Um, that's yeah, it's number one. So really, just it's more. The, the, the truck boss you can sort of as a, as a support piece but the hag's going to do the work so and i really want her to survive so yeah the griff feather charm is always going on her for me i find a lot of opponents will try not to attack the troll hag uh they yeah. just flat out will refuse to uh to target her because minus minus one to hit in in shooting minus two in combat knowing that she heals d6 wounds a turn they're just like I would, and, and I, I always find that my opponents will go for my Mangler Squeak over my Trog Boss, yeah, or, or even my Troll Hag, which is why I move the Griff Feather Charm over to my Mangler Squeak because it would just cop all the fire. That um, yeah, we, we kind of talked about the Troll Hag and why she has that the Griff Feather Charm. We still got the Fungoid Cave Shaman. We've still got Hand of Gork. 
Uh, we've still got the Madcap Shaman with Ichi Nuisance. So it's the fight last spell. Yeah. But the difference here, um, well, one of the big differences here is that you've got the Web Spinner Shaman, which is the Spider Fang Grop version uh, yeah. of a little little wizard caster. And my favorite spell from the Spider Spider Law is Sneaky Distraction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Sneaky Distraction for me is a, a, for the Trogs is again is a, is another sort of help for us really. But Sneaky Distraction is a spell that gives you a 12-inch bubble, and again, it's a minus one to hit. So that's Web Spinner Shaman. It's um, hide spot, basically follows around a unit of six rock guts. Um, obviously, getting that um, Lookout Sir ability, because it's, you know, the, the six. And really get that Sneaky Distraction on, and then making, you know, making the, the six rock guts minus one to hit or... You know, the fell waters minus two to hit in combat. You know, again, took covering up with the trog hag to make a minus three, minus four, minus five to hit. So really, it's a just a big debuff, and it really plays havoc. And you just stick them, took them in in behind a rocket trogs or fell water trogs or anything you want really. Just to, took him behind, and and there he's, he's there, and he's you know, he's um, he's, it'll be minus two to hit himself because obviously the minus one to the lookout sir. But yeah, it's just just a, another debuff piece for me, really. And plus one, obviously, to cast any spider spell. So the scuttle tide. Uh, does he get the plus one to cast for the arachnicultra as well? Um, he doesn't. Um, arachnicultra. Um, I don't think he does. Um... That's all right. I'll, I'll have a look for that. Um, while 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 I got you, um, a yep. question from the chat. Here, I think it's a really good question. Is um, Regis has asked, do, would you say that the, the hag or the Trogoth hag is essential for trog lists? Um, I have my opinion, uh, but I'm not a pure trog player. I said yes. I said um, it's very hard not to bring a troll hag into your army if you're a troll player, but love your thoughts. Are they essential? Yeah. Um, yes and no. Well, I'm going to, on the fence, so yes and no. So basically, with the Trog Hag, it's 380 points. And it brings, it, obviously, you've got the it's a wizard, so obviously it helps massively. But And it's you can just go and tag things. But recently, in, I don't know where Reg, Regmus is from, but recently in the UK, we've noticed a lot of events have started to rule out realm artifacts. So we're moving away from realm artifacts. So all of a sudden that Griff Feather Charm isn't available. So it, when it now obviously you're, you still might want to hit in combat, but um, with that we'll move on to list three in a minute, which will which, which didn't have my Trog Hag uh, spoilers. But um, yeah, so it did bring a lot of things to the list in regards to obviously wounds, um, survivability, uh, magic um damage obviously with the vomit and the, and the attacks but that griff feather charm really really helps in keeping her around so with the ukc moving away from realm artifacts you can then start moving the you know the glowy house it back onto the onto the trog boss so mm. i wouldn't say she's essential but yeah i do i do really like her but that's 380 points you know that frees up another six rock guts or more fell waters or you know what i mean so so yeah, so it's a big, big points increase, big points um, sink for her. She does bring a lot to the table, but 
just way that UK scene's gone that I I have dropped her out of a few lists and a few events I've been to. Yeah, fair call. And I've answered my own question, by the way. Uh, the the um, the web spinner shaman does not get plus one to cast when it comes to the arachna cauldron. I didn't think it did, but I just had this epiphany for a second. Like, wait a minute, I get plus <laughs> one to cast. But long story short, getting plus one to cast on that scale type, making it go from a seven to a six, under the light of the bad moon, a six to a five, yeah. uh, that becomes super durable in the middle Definitely. of the game. Um, then I can obviously see you've got Scuttle Tide again, we've got the Arachnid yep. Cauldron, we've got Geminid still, so again, consistent between the two lists, but we've added the Malevolent Moon, I love this spell, and Emerald Life Swarm. Yep. Um, I, I, I bring Emerald Life Swarm for my Phoenix Guard, so um, I imagine we're using it for two different reasons. Um, but the Moon is an interesting one because it's, it's super long threat. It's like yeah, a threat range of like 24. You set so it up, you move it, then it affects something. Yeah, so yeah, so the, the Malevolent Moon casts on a six. So again, obviously, if you've got the Bad Moon, it's a five. So um, you, cast, you set it within 12 of the caster, and then when you set it up, you can move 12. So yeah, so 24-inch ra uh, threat range. So what it does is um, on a two-up, any unit it passes over, it does D3 mortal wounds. So again, you're chipping away at units and support characters and you know, whittling down. But what what it's there for really is jamming it into wi enemy wizards. Mm. So you jam it into the wizards, and then um, you sub what it does is you subtract one from casting rolls for enemy wizards within nine inches of it. So really, again with the again coupling it with the bad moon, so you're making a minus two to cast. Um, and then what if you um, if you jam it further enough, go into um, right, you, you know if you get it within three inches of an enemy wizard. It's minus, minus two, two to cast. Yeah. So again, so you can minus three to cast with the bad moon. So really, you're playing havoc with enemy magic phases. So again, you know things like, you know, croak, um, you know, Nagash. Obviously, yeah, you've got these pluses and things like that. But you play around, and, and it really like sort of messes about with it. And then obviously, it's doing D three damage, more D three mortal wounds as well as. So it's not just there, just debuffing things. It's it's causing damage as well. So with that 12-inch move. And with the Malevolent Moon, I've found a lot of people, as I say, are scared of Scuttle Tide or scared of Geminids. So when you when that, when you say, say if I've won the the, the uh, priority into turn two, turn three, people are automatically straight to Scuttle Tide or straight to Geminids and totally forgetting the Malevolent Moon. They're thinking, yeah. oh, only, 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 you know, it's, it's debuffing my casting. But then you also... You move you you tag in two three units with that movement of twelve. It's like take on a two up d three damage d three more wounds d three more wounds, and I totally forgetting that. So it really is like a little sleeper um, spell for me. It is a great endless spell, and um, we kind of saw this uh, uh, just before the kind of events got cancelled. We are moving into a heavy magic, uh, you know, magic meta, right? You've got Hello Heart with its casting. We've got Seraphine. We've got you know. Um, uh, Disciples of Zench. We've got Teclas coming, so we know that's going to be heavily magic orientated. You've got, you know, Petrifix and the Gash running around, you know, heavy magic. So, you know, a simple 40 point thing that's going to cause a minus two and even a minus three under the bad moon, all of a sudden it kind of starts shutting down all of that magical supremacy or making their life harder um, to cast those key spells that they've really built around. You know, we've got the yeah, code name, you know, Hello Heart, you know, tapping into that, you know, getting crazy pluses. Um, for 40 points, especially, you know, even if it just does some damage, um, 
yeah, interesting. And another question from the chat as well, I think, which might be nice to acknowledge. And maybe we'll go to the last list to see okay. uh, if it's in there. But, you know, we've got also the un Underworld's War Band, you know, with Molog. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's another like a little like we kind of forget about poor old little Molog uh, and the little bat squeak and things like that. But, <laughs> again, lots of variety. Emerald Lifeform heals D3 uh, or brings back um, D3. What, D3, what, what, yeah. Why, yeah, why is again, that again, it's just again survivability. So again, you, as I as I mentioned earlier on, with them six rock guts, you know, or even even the three fell waters, again, they're four wounds apiece, but you you want them to stay stay around. So the emerald life swarm there is really just to tag onto units. You know, even even helping the hag out in in times of need or or the trog boss himself, tag it onto them. D three, you know, wounds back, just keeping them around, just just survivability. Yeah. Final list we've got is, uh, and you mentioned this one's going to be a little bit different. So yeah, this yeah. one is the MSU Trog Smash. So for anyone who doesn't know what MSU means, that means multiple small units. Essentially, it is the smallest unit size. So when we talk about a unit of uh, three Fellwater, that is an MSU. But if we go to a six, that is not MSU because it's not the minimum unit size, essentially. Yeah. So... Yeah. Just, just for anyone, I know some people kind of comment no, yeah. asking yeah. about things like that. So what have we got? We've got the Trog Boss, which is called Trog because he's the bestest of all the Trogs. Bonus <laughs> points to you for talk, putting names <laughs> on I was, just, I was talking to Chuck Moore the other day about building, you know, bringing narrative into, into competitive. Uh, I love that you've got names here. So you've got Trog, who is the bestest of all Trogs. You can't fight with those facts. Uh, has the Mighty Blow, has the how uh, the Glowy Houset, which we've we've kind of talked yeah. about. We've got uh, Bog Bogloff, which is <laughs> not as good as Trog, but better than Trogs. Other Trogs, which is another dank hold Trog, trog boss. Um, so I, I'll pause here. Why a second Trog boss? So as I mentioned, this so this list I talked to Sheffield Slaughter. So it was a big uh, event in the UK. So again, as I mentioned, the UK scene is starting to move away from realm artifacts. So yeah. this is where I've dropped the troll hag from this list and I've put in a second Dankhold Trog boss. So in the list, in the uh, Gloom Spike book, pages 98 to uh, 100 and, uh, 110, I think it is. Uh, so yeah, 90, page 98 to uh, 101, sorry. Um, that is the Trog section. So in, the, in there, there's the Trog boss who's got 12 wounds and there's a Dankhold Trogoth who has got 10 wounds. So, um, again, both both heroes, but um, really, it's the, the Trogoth is 200 points, but he loses a attack, and so he loses, yeah, he loses attack, and he loses the ability for his, his uh, re-roll one. So what I've done, really, for the MSU unit, um, which we'll touch on a little bit, really, he's there for a second sort of area of backing up my um, units. So um, Bogloth there, he's uh, there in case Trog falls, but he's there really for the 18-inch range of re-roll your ones to hit. Um, obviously, he's got his magical resistance. He's got his crushing grip ability. He's got four attacks with his threes and threes, minus two D6 damage. Really just, just a support piece, really. Um, yeah, coming in at 270 points. 
Um, I just think he's much better. Trog boss is a much better than the normal dank hold Trogoth. Someone might who might disagree is add in the uh, Trogoth WhatsApp group who's been running three Trogoths as a unit. He's been doing quite well with that with the Soul Screen Bridge, but yeah, for an extra seventy points, the extra attack and the ability for helping that re-roll ones if I need it. I just think that it just outweighs that Dan Cole Shogoth. Yeah, no, great. So you've got some other consistency, you know, again, we won't kind of go over this unless you think they bring something different to the table. So I guess we've got the, um, we've got the fungoid cave shaman, which has got a hand of gore. We've got the fungoid cave shaman with itchy nuisance. So you've kind of flipped out from uh, the, the madcap. Uh, mad so yeah. you've got a second fungoid, I guess, doubling our chances of getting that extra command point. Definitely. Um, Obviously, they've both got the mushroom mods per battle can double cast, uh, and they've obviously got the four up um, after save, so that makes uh, a bit more sense. Uh, and you've also kind of best brought the best from that second list, where we've got the web spinner shaman with sneaky distraction. So yeah, yeah. Um, we're kind of bringing the best of both worlds and leveraging the points that we've kind of taken away by not using the the trogoth hag yeah. into other parts of the army. Um, yeah. I. You know, then we kind of go into some of the other parts. So we've got the the three fell water, the three fell water, the six trogoths. So the rock guts, the three rock guts, three rock guts, three rock guts. You've kind of broken away from those larger builds into smaller builds. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the thinking there? So um, regards to MSU, really, um, again, uh, Nick Thompson from WS10 is a big advocate of uh, board control, and with the uh, trogs. Whilst they've got big bases, they don't, you know, you, you struggle to sort of screen off areas or really struggle to ball control the uh, the table. So with Sheffield Slaughter, it was in regards to Zeech had just dropped and had done very well at Heat 2 um, and just basically wiping people off the table with, flat, with, with this mass flamer spam. So mm. what I was scared of was basically I had a grudge match against Zeech on game one. And I was scared of having a flame of spam just come down, change host, blast away six rockets, and then, you know, teleport off. And, you know, when you lose six rockets, you know, you're fighting a lo- straight away, fighting a losing battle. So what I did was I MS- decided to MSU it. So with if I, if I had the big flame of spam come down, the big flame of unit, they're only really targeting three. You know, if you lose three rockets, yeah, it hurts, but it's not the end of the world. You're not losing half your punch really so i thought right i'm going to msu it i can board control so it helps with eels um coming on from board edges you know you can really block out your um deployment zone you know you can sort of um blocks off you know stormcast teleporting down or you know sylvan f we're putting trees down you can really block off the areas of of the battle board so and then if you need to, the MSU, you can sort of send something off to go and claim objectives. So with them three, with them, I've got a unit of six rockets in there. As I say, just just if it, in case I need something just to go, you know, really punch something or I definitely need a, 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 rock, a, a rock thrown, you know, just in there. But the three rockets, three rockets, three rockets, they're there really for ball control, really. And, yeah, just the this, – I've just – we're scared of you know just something coming down and just deleting a unit and that's that's what's there just redundancy really 
Yeah, and you got a lot more versatility by having more units on the board. And, yeah, definitely. You know, pin, pinning things down, tapping into the regeneration, being able to minus one to hit. You know, you got more flexibility to have these big blocks of sixes. So yeah. I guess my my final two questions when it comes to this particular list, and I can see here we've got Scuttle Tide again, we've got Geminids, we've got Lysol, we've got Maelstrom. You've brought uh, Aether Void Pendulum into this, so yep. uh, one of those set and forget kind of spells, just throw it, I imagine. Maybe it's from your double casting uh, fungoid. You can kind of yeah, like just yeah. do that and then kind of do something else once per battle. Yeah, it's, it's, again, it's it's a, it's a good. Um, yeah, it's sort of uh, obviously if, uh, cast and forget really. Obviously, it goes only got it goes one way really. But um, it's that it's that d six mortal wounds that you can do. You can just tag it onto something. So again, um, uh, it's sort of there really just to, more damage really. Some of the spells are there for um, a survivability thing or a reliability thing, but just for pure damage output, I think the Out of Void Pendulum is a good one. And put Maelstrom in. I really, Maelstrom for me um, didn't really. I've only used it in the first game against each. Again, it was just for a backup against their magic phase, but um, it's it's there really just to just to help against magic that's coming back. But um, I don't think. Me, I'll probably drop that from a list from, from now on, really. But uh, yeah, just um, just pendulum just for output, really. Fair enough. So, I guess the two questions I have about that particular list is one, why no Dangoth Trogoth? So, why why have you only gone Fell Water and the Rock Guts? Why haven't we gone the other variety? Again, uh, the Dankhold Trogoth for me, again, it's just too, too many points 200, 200 points you get, and uh, as I say. 200 points, and it's just an inferior Dankhold Trog boss. So I'd rather spend the 70 points and have that extra attack, the the commandability, you know, just everything it does for me, you know what I mean? So the Dankhold Trogoth, 200, 200 points, for me, it's just too much for what it does. I mean, the, the D6 damage that it puts out is great, yeah. but from a consistency point of view, you know, you've got to prepare for the ones and the twos as much as the yeah. fives and the sixes. So... Yeah. The the, the yeah. swing for me might be a bit challenging. Yeah, the three the three attacks. You know, if you if you miss with one, you're down to two. Yeah, but you know, obviously, the, the, I'd rather have the, the the potential for four attacks, and then yeah, the, it's just it's just consistency, as you say. It's just you want to get the, as much attacks through as possible. So just spend seventy points more. So. Second question, and again, this kind of comes from the chat, guys. Is uh, Molog? We haven't talked about Molog. <laughs> uh, what are your general thoughts around Molog? Um, is there a reason that you would bring this into the list? And I noticed that that, that Warband hasn't featured in any three of your lists. Uh, so is it useful? Is there a way to use it? Any considerations or just keep it on the shelf and use it for Underworlds? So Molog, I've got two thoughts on Molog. Well, Molog is a decisive character. So he's a hero, 170 points. But for me, he doesn't do anything especially in competitive game well competitive gaming so he's eight wounds again movement six four uh four up save bravery seven he's got the jabber toad attack 12 inch range uh one attack fours and fours so he's dropped from threes and threes no rend one damage from missile attack on one attack but the and the puff fungus club two attacks but these two attacks they don't you don't roll uh like hit or wounds for it so the puff fungus club if you're on a roll of one, nothing happens. So, you know, your you potential from doing nothing. Mm. On a two to three, 
the, the target unit suffers one mortal wound, and on a four up, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. Now, for me, 170 points, that's not good enough. The only thing it brings really is um, it gives obviously the magical resistance that the bosses have. Uh, so on a four up, ignores uh, magic. He's got his yeah, reassurance spells. presence, yeah, in the spells as well, yeah. He's got his reassurance presence on the on uh, as plus one to bravery for your uh, fell waters and rock guts. So that's that's good. Um, but he's got his minions, so he runs around with four with four minions. So he's got the bat squig. Um, so on a five up, uh, the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound, um, which which again for 170 points, not great. Yeah. Spike shroom. Uh, again, uh, on a five up, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by the unit in the combat phase. So that can again, that's quite good because it, obviously you can debuff things again. So your troll hack could be minus six to hit if you want, if you if you want to be. <laughs> um, your status squig on a five up, um, it basically takes the wound from Molog. Um, and then uh, each time, basically, you take a wound or a mortal wound, you can get, get rid of a, a uh. A minion. One of the, the so, minions, yeah. Yes, but for 170 points, it's it's. I'd rather have you know that's that's three rock fell waters or three rockets, and they do a lot lot more than Molog. So that's that's the reason why he doesn't feature. But Molog, I if well, I've sort of I've put this out to a few people. I can see Molog being made or hopefully be made into a wizard. Yes. So if Molog was made to a wizard. And had a little bit of a points drop as well, then maybe you'd see him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's that's where I would like to see Molog because, and it, and these minions do something magical. Do you know what I mean? So rather than just like, like the old god summoner used to have a whole bunch of familiars and they yeah, would do yeah. different things. You're right. Like when I look when I look at this war scroll or when I look at it, it just doesn't do anything for no. me. Like you're no. right. I would rather eat it of three fell water. I would rather those points somewhere else because it's nice. Yeah. And I could probably use it as a little independent unit that, that kind of maybe hop, stays back on my home objective or goes yeah. and goes finds another objective. That's the same role that a Fellwater can do. Yeah. yeah like there's yeah. nothing, like it doesn't buff any of my army. It doesn't add anything yeah. to my trogs that, you know, the trog of Hag brings something unique yeah, to the yeah. army. Yeah. This, I, I struggle to see the benefits. And again, you know, if, if anyone here in the chat, or is watching this on, on live or replay has a good use of using Molog. I think Stu and I would be both interested to hear yeah, and you know do, do comment and kind of reach out. But I, I'm struggling to see the value. There's yeah. there's 170 points I can spend elsewhere exactly. unless that war scroll got rewritten like a spellcaster yeah. or something. I think it's a shame. I mean, I think it's a shame. I think it's probably one of the yeah. I'd say it's probably one of the earliest uh, wars you know uh, war banners that came out. And I think it's more featured for that sort of type of the game. So the, the the rules haven't really moved over to AOS, but for yeah. 170 points, it's just it's just too much, way too much. And as you say, whilst it can move up the table and just shrug off wounds by killing off its own little minions, when it gets there, it's doing you know one attack from the Jabba Toad on a four and a four with no rend, one damage, and then it throws its fungus club and you roll a one, you do no damage anyway. So you just that's the point for 170 points. So. To be fair, to be fair as well, um, you know, I, I struggle with Zarbag and his gits because you know Zarbag's a caster and he's got a great spell, but you've got to be within three inches to cast your spell. 
Like, that's the last place I want a four-wound hero. <laughs> I do not want my Gits Wizard within three inches of anything to cast any yeah. spell. Uh, that is, like, like, like nah, as much as I'd love the Zarbag, <laughs> I just use him as a, as a regular wizard. Yeah. Um, and, yes, he, he is a good paperweight. Uh, but, no, Molog is cool. And if you guys love Molog, um, or you don't love Moloch, I would more than happy take your bat squeak off your hands. Um, <laughs> I would love to take them off your hands. Feel free to uh, donate to me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got Moloch, I've got Moloch, but um, yeah, he's just sitting on the shelf. So. It's hard to justify. It's hard to justify if the rules change in the future, the points change in the future. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, but where we currently stand, that's that's a unit of three fell water for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So to kind of like wrap this all up in a nice little bow, I guess I want to ask you a couple of questions. And, you know, thank you very much for sharing the three lists and kind of talking Beautiful. us through the benefits and how they interact with you want to go on magic list, you know, tapping into the the troll hag as well as some of her friends, you know, the fungoid cave shaman, you know, the web spinner shaman, if you want to do bring a couple of grots in. But if you also got that non-wizard kind of focused, you know, having the double trog boss. Um, yeah. going, you know, whether it's large units or small units of the trolls, whether it's Fellwater, whether it's Rock Guts. Um, I think we've kind of seen three really cool lists and different lists. Um, Christine, by the way, friend of the channel. Has, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, have Christine, we already, have we already spoke, spoken about Troll Princess? I have I have not stopped talking about the Trogoth Princess. <laughs> um, absolutely love her. Um, so while I mute myself for a second, I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask you, um, how does this army win games? When you put this on the table, yes, scenarios change and yes, opponents change. But like generally, how are you going to win with the trogs? So with with trogs, I think it comes down to um, perseverance with the army. Perseverance with the army. I say I've run this army for over a year now, purely this. So it's just getting used to the army getting used to what you it's not it's knowledge yeah yeah oh, beautiful sorry, beautiful sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh it's it's not it's knowledge of the army it's basically you know because i've been it for over a year i know what it's, it's good at i know what it, it struggles against so really it's um it's just knowledge of of of, of what you can take and what you can dish out picking fights using them spells to block off um, you know, avenues with a scuttle tide. Um, Palisade's quite good for blocking off avenues as well. Um, you know, using the uh, moon to decast, getting deep debuff in the army, and just just yeah, basically just going up, um, playing playing the objectives. A lot of people, I think, they start off thinking playing the objectives, and then they get caught up with trying to do as much damage as possible, and people lose sight, as I say. Playing some games, um, you know, people move off from their back objectives. So they want to engage you so fast, using that hand of gork, drop over a madcap, claim the objective of won the game, things like that. You know what I mean? So it's just knowledge of the army, um, just get reps in. I'll say to anybody with an art with uh, an army, get just rep the army as much as possible. Get to learn the strengths, get to learn the weaknesses. Um, and just yeah, just have a good time. This is, I mean, this army—it's—it's it's not competitive. I keep on saying, as much as I want it to be competitive, it's not competitive at, at the stage it is at the moment with 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 the, with the sort of releases and things like that. But um, I just go out. I want to have a good time. I want my opponents to have a good time, and that's what you know. That's what you know. I was, 
everyone have a great time when you say competitive, uh, I, I freaked out for a second. My heart bled. And by the way, I just wanted, <laughs> for anyone who's watching the video, this is my Trogoth princess. I absolutely love her. Uh, her name is Cinders because I like to set my opponents on fire. Um, what I've learned very quickly is uh, while Cinders, my Trogoth princess, is uh, amazing beat stick, she heals, she has, you know, all the negatives in the world. She um, does some good stuff in combat. She's not invincible. And I think no, the trap no. here is if you look at this army and go, right, I get minuses to hit, um, you know, people are hitting me, I get to regenerate. Um, there's all this cool stuff that happens. I'm just going to run them up the board. Yeah. There is a risk here that you overcommit uh, or you don't pick those right battles and yeah. you will get crushed because yeah. they're not invincible. They're no. not um, They're not you know, a Petrifix Elite Mortec Guard. You know, they're not... Um, you know what I mean? Like they just yeah, not, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you do think that, yeah. You think, well, I'm going to debuff. You're like, okay. You minus five to hit me, but you know, I've had, I've you know, I've, I've played a game against Gotrek, and Gotrek's you know, he, he, he killed Hag in, in a turn. You know what I mean? So and it's sixteen wounds, and you know, minus two to hit doesn't care. Doing them, you know, doing them six more, more wounds going through. But as you say, I've, I've played the army for over a year now, and it's just as you don't want to overcommit. You want to sort of Play the long game. Think, well, I'm going to play to turn five. I'm going to plan my, plan my moves out. I'm going to pick that battle over there. All right, I need to sort of, that, that's a scary unit. Well, I'm going to put the hag into it, debuff that unit, and that hag is going to just keep that unit there where I want it to be so it doesn't come and attack my other, other stuff. Oh, MSU. I'm going to use this MSU, block off the board. Can't You can't put your woods down. Your eels aren't coming on from the side, the backboard or anything like that. You know, your Stormcast can't drop down because I've blocked off avenues and nine inches away. So where you're trying to drop in front of me, you're not. You're dropping in your own deployment zone because I've blocked off that board or, or things like that. So, yeah, really play play the play the play the game. Just play the objective game. So, yeah, this this for me is one of the armies that can hit as much as it takes a hit. So yeah, if yeah. those deep striking eels, those you know, any, turn one charging stone horns, for example, or more crushes, and they hit hard. You know, yeah. they hit harder with armies that require a turn to put on their debuffs. But for you, you don't need to. You know, the biggest debuff that you have or the biggest thing that you need is command points up your sleeve yeah. so that if you do lose bodies, you don't lose even more bodies because the Loon Shrine is not going to help you. Um, you know, the, the the low bravery and high wounds and the high yeah. cost is you need to have an arsenal. You need to have something. That's where the Fungoid Cave Shaman comes into by taking the battalion you know, paying for the for the one additional command point, um, having that arsenal will help you avoid a turn one alpha strike and yeah, you know, having yeah. some of your army battle shock off the board. Yeah, it's a shame with the Loon Shrine. And with the Loon Shrine, yeah, it's a it's great scenery piece, but it benefits Grotz a lot, lot more with, with the Trogs. It's there again, it gives us the within 12 inches, it gives us battle shock immunity. So, really, I've, I've positioned that in the center of my deployment zone where I can get the most benefit from it. If I do start taking, you know, if I get alpha strikes or something like that, but that's all it's there for, you know. Again, it's sort of again another little block of block, block of piece for if anyone wants to come and alpha strike me, I can block, hide things behind it, hide my shamans behind it so they can't get attacked or something like that. So, but yeah, it's just um, yeah, that's what I usually use that for. So, yeah, imagine imagine trolls coming back from the shrine on a oh, the dream. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh uh so i guess the you know we've kind of we've kind of already talked about you know how are you going to lose and that's going to be 
having more more bodies around an objective because you just yeah. don't have the horde. So you might want to bring in some some regular stabbers or some shooters maybe to play the screening and the objective based game. Um, you're going to lose because of CP. You're just not going to have enough command points to inspire and presence your army. Um, I'm hearing a lot of you know it's very very difficult to win the magic battle. You're not going to you're not going to beat uh you know the no. best magic casters in the world. But you also don't need to as well. You can play the game and not require the magic buffs. They're just yeah. inherently in your army. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the magic, magic. I say magic for the gloom spot is great, but yes. you know, it's it's really for the trogs. You're there really as a massive, just a massive fist, just punch punching people in the face, trog smashing around the board. Um, it's just yeah, they're, they're they're gonna get. That's why there's magical resistance on the trog boss. And like you hit, you know, your heroes is great because you know you're getting whilst you're having these, you know, croak targeting your trog boss to try, you know, on a four up, ignore it, don't worry about it. Yeah. So just yeah. it off. But yeah, it's just it's you, you, you CPs are the big are the big one. You know, when you start losing, say out of that six six rocket unit, if you lose one or two, you're really then struggling. You know, you're only bravery five, and there's a lot of people talking about bravery bomb lists and things like that. Where you're going to struggle, so you get plus one for bravery from the trog boss, but you know that that the bravery is the one. The CP is so it's so important, right? That's battle shock immune, or I'm by the loon shrine, twelve inches, I'm battle shock immune. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So that's something you might want to consider, especially if you know you're going to be alpha strike. You might want to make yeah. sure you tap into the the uh, the loon shrine just to kind of save a, a command point or two. Yeah. Last question I've got for you, and then we'll kind of wrap things up and give yeah. some shout outs. Um, what have you learned over time that might not be as obvious in the battle tome by playing with the army? So, like, I could read the battle tome and kind of connect some of the dots, but what have you learned by putting them on the table that might not be as obvious uh, to someone who's just picked this up for the first time? Um, really, just uh, I mean, they whilst they what you think about the like, trogs are really there for like the punching, you know, going for for the punching. They they're they're, they're really resilient. They, they, you know, they take up a lot of space. Obviously, they've got large base sizes. Um, but yeah, it's just really just going through. Um, they can, they can handle it. They can, they can handle a, an army. As I say, I, had a, I was really f fearful for Zeech at Sheffield Slaughter, and I basically, I nearly beat the Zeech. I lost because of a rock. I lost because of a rock. I threw a rock. Got greedy. Threw a rock. Killed one guy and it made it a ten inch charge rather than a nine, and I rolled a nine, and that lost me the game. But they can take they can take a hit, you know. They can take a hit. They can stand around, and yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a fun army. As I say it's it's really. Well, I'm not going to an event thinking I'm going to take it out. I'm just there to have a good time, and it's just something there. It's it's a, it's a really good icebreaker I find, because like as I say, I don't think. I think I'm really the only one in, in the UK, as far as I'm aware, really taking them um, to events. But really, it's just a good talking point. Breaks the ice with your opponent, and it's just really it's have a good time. That's what I'm there for. Have a good time. Get a few beers and things like that. And I, I will challenge you. You made a comment earlier that trogs aren't competitive. Uh, that's not to say that when you put trogs on the table, you're going to go zero and five at a oh, tournament. No, no. Um, that, that they're, they're certainly if you if you <clears throat> win four games or five games. That's because of player skill, not because I am putting 120 witch elves up the table and doing all yeah, the yeah. rerolls in the world. It is based off your skill and your ability. So yeah. 
in my yeah. opinion, this this army on average is probably doing two wins or three wins at a tournament, at a, at a two-day tournament. But you can absolutely get into that four and five bracket oh, if yeah, you definitely. play your cards right, if you build the list appropriately. And, like, it has the potential. But it's certainly not change host where you basically just rock up and you're basically yeah, 5 exactly, and yeah. I think there was a it's, guy, I think there was a guy, Ethan Hillier, and you took it to CanCon. Yes. Um, yep. And he uh, he went, I think he went four and one. With a with a troglist. Uh was a six game tournament, so he might have gone four oh, and two. Oh, four and two. But, but, but still but, four wins. But yeah, but, pretty, pretty yeah awesome. great. Yeah, as I say, it's it surprises people. As I say, people don't people don't um it surprises people because they don't see it. So with obviously with things like Zeech and Seraphon and things, you see it on the board all the time, so you get to learn it. So when you rock it with the trogs and like, what do these do? And yeah. you're like, oh well, just you know, you explain it out, and then people come what are you doing them? 24 damage by the rockets. Like, bloody hell, where's this come from? So, well, this is their ability. So, but yeah, when I say they're not competitive, when you when you've got a good player um, and they've got the reps in on it on the army, anything's possible. You know, your matchups, matchups favorable. Anything is possible. So, by don't be disheartened by saying you know, you know don't be dis. Amount of times I went uh, didn't win a game, didn't win a game with them. Repeat, 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 repeat. You know. Tweaks here and there, as I say, the three lists, three little tweaks here and there. Get to learn the, the strengths of the units and what they're good at and what they're, what, they're, what they're not great at, you know, and then you start repping. So, you know, getting them two wins, then go to three wins, four wins, and then, you know, anything's possible. Yeah, and, and, and Chris in the chat here has brought up a brilliant comment as well, is that this is a great army for doubles events as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've actually potentially inspired me. Maybe when I go to a doubles event, this actually would be really cool. Because uh, I, I don't know if I personally want 2,000 points of trogs, but I would love to run a one, 1K list. You know, put that troll hag, put some fell water, put some rock guts. Um, like, that's that's sweet. And, it's, and yeah. it's a lot of fun. They're low model count, great for transporting if you're traveling. The only call out I would probably make from the battle tome that you may not notice is what I've mentioned earlier about Forge Worlds, is that the Forge World War Scrolls are not in the, the book but they certainly are part of the army so your yeah. your bone grinder gargant your trogoth hag your colossal squig your squig gobber your and the rogue idol is an ally yeah. because we ally yeah. with uh well actually two of the three funnily enough so we yeah. ally with git mob grots we ally with greenskins and we ally with bone splitters and the yeah. rogue idol is bone splitters bone and and greenskins so yeah. yeah we can we can absolutely bring it in um I mean, and, you know, you, you can season this to taste as well, you know, with endless spells you bring in, if you want chromatic cogs, if you, I mean, Bailwind Vortex probably would. Oh, Bailwind might help you for, like, a grot, if you want to put a little grot wizard yeah, on the yeah. table and kind of, it won't help with a hag, but you can kind of no, put, your, no. um, yeah. put, like, a fungoid or a madcap up. Um, again, kind of season to taste, but I think there's a lot of flexibility. I think the challenge you've got here is because all of your units cost a lot of points, it's just going to be a struggle to get the list that you want. And again, that's common to everyone. It's just that you don't have those 80 point um, battle line choices unless yeah, you yeah. dip into squigs. Yeah. yeah. Like that. That's it. That's it. I mean, like, as you say, the, the point, the points costs for the units also big. And obviously the troll hag is the biggest one of the 380. That's why, you know, I do like, a, I do like the magic, the, I say the spells. So you try and fire the fire. I mean, I've seen the comment from Adam saying about the chromatic cogs. The chromatic cogs would help in regards to you know you, you charge it as you say with you know if you 
handle books me over nine, you got your plus two or your, your movement up up the board plus two. But I drop it out because I find a lot of time I'm going I'm going first majority of the time. People ask me to yeah. go first. So whilst it gets me close to the board, I don't really want to get too close because I'll get punched or double turned. So I don't really put it in. So I save them points for other things that can help, you know, Scuttle Tide or Malevolent Moon or things like that. So um, but yeah, so I'd say that's all why I've I drop it. I can see the benefit of cogs, but for me, I just it's points where I can spend elsewhere. One one that I use quite uh, quite often with my squigs that might work well with you as well is the uh, burning head because the yeah, burning yeah, head yeah. lets you reroll once to hit if you're holding within nine and because your footprints are so small, it's not like me trying to put sixty or forty grots into a burning head nine. You've just got units of three fell water rerolling those ones to hit you know you're basically saving those cps and if someone was to move the burning head into your trolls uh you've got the regeneration ability so it's not going to be nearly as damaging as it would be for myself yeah so, i've thought um, about the burning head because as you say with that third list with the double dank hold trog boss he's he's really there for that extra reroll ones to hit so it's 270 mm. points so i mean yeah drop him out you've got that burning head to go where you need it to be as such You've got your trog boss on the opposite side of the board, might potentially helping out as well. So you can again saving points. But yeah, as I say, the burning head is, is a good one and <clears throat> something I'm we'll be looking at in the future. I think we've proved that you know there's three different lists that you've shared, but it's not the only way to build. No, no. Again, season of taste, whether you go 100 percent trogs, whether you sprinkle it in with some uh, some spiders or some squigs. You know, squigs, there's you know, really cheap battle line choices that might be nice to kind of move around the board or screen. The grots have some debuffs. You've got wizards. You've got like there's just so many cool choices. Yeah. I think you've shown us the path on how to go basically almost a pure trog list. Um, we've had a couple of grots in there, but they've only yeah. been light touches. But yeah, um, Stuart, is there anything you kind of want to bring us home with? Any final comments? Any shout outs you want to make? If people wanted to find you uh, after this this video, where could they find you to talk? Yeah, trog. So uh, shout out to my gaming club, WS10 Gaming in Wensbury, uh, UK. Pick up. Um, shout out to those guys. So, but yeah, um, really with Trogs, just to say if, if people are interested, um, they can find me on the, uh, the I'm on the Gloom Spike WhatsApp group. I mean, all the Gloom Spike, I mean, all the uh, WhatsApp group, really, but uh, the, the, the Trog WhatsApp group. I'm on Twitter at El Capitan WS10. So, I'm on there quite a lot. Uh, the Facebook, of the, we've got a Facebook group for our WS10 gaming. So, you can search on there and just Glad you're in there and just basically just talk rubbish basically half the time. But yeah, so but really with regards to trogs, just um as I say as you as you mentioned, a 1k army, great, great fun, a great fun to play. Start off with 1k and then you know, build as you say, into into grots, into squigs, or just go 2k trogs, but they're just fun, get the reps in, get the you know, the the matches in, learn, learn the army. That's all I say. I've flipped and flopped between armies and getting those three or four games in here and then change. But this is the army I've played for over a year and really love them. Absolutely love them. And yeah, looking forward to what the GHB drop comes along. Hopefully, new scenarios, new points. And it's all, all new ball game then. And, and we don't know we don't we truly don't know you know we might move away from hero based scenarios and maybe uh there will be whole different deployment zones uh, you know who knows there might be points reductions that make 
the dank hold trogos more attractive than the film where we just don't know we just don't know guys uh and i think that's kind of like as our meta always evolves you know when new gargants come into play how they interact with us um you know when when lumineth comes in and who knows what happens afterwards um there's enough here to kind of keep evolving but stew aka trog this has been really insightful, uh, a little bit longer than most of our talking series, but Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, please don't apologize <laughs> because this is the type of discussion that I really wanted and I'm sure the TROG people aren't getting enough type of content like this. So I hope TROG players, Gloom Spike players looking to get TROGs into their army. I hope you find this valuable. I hope you found this insightful from an absolute veteran when it comes to running these uh, smelly, resilient, stupid uh <laughs> funny looking uh dank uh <laughs> but as yeah. it gets player as a little grot uh i absolutely appreciate this and i now have a newfound appreciation of trogs and are now very willing of uh, uh bringing potentially some some of those into my builds so thank you cheers coach thank you mate all right, well, let's close off, guys. Don't forget, uh, shoot the heroes. Uh, it's the easiest way to win games. Until next time, thanks, Stu. Much appreciated. Cheers. Thanks. See you, guys. See ya.